You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. Lasers. What's up, fellow brunchers? Welcome to Talk Brunch Live, September 2nd, 2019. I'm your host, as always, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, and you're listening to episode 337. Co piloting the brunch ship with me, as always, is Mr. Destin Frazier. So I am here to formally announce I'm either moving to Cardiff, Wales, or I am moving to Chicago, Illinois, because Jesus this weekend. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. They had wrestling power everywhere. Madness. Unbelievable. Yeah, it has been one hell of a week. I know you guys have heard about it. You've watched it. Now we're going to talk about it. More stuff going on that we could even keep track of. Holy crap. And it's good that there were some shows because the news week itself was a bit light, but we'll make the best yeah. of it as far as that goes. When you think about it, not even just really a week and a day. <laughs> yeah, it felt like a week, but it was literally from morning to night. So we're going to be here to cover it all. That being said, shout out to the chat room, Stasis Dreams and Six Slayer, Emang, Willie V2, C Room 7801373. Thanks for the host, Sugar Shane 94, Assassin Scene, Jonathan Bruce. Thank you for the follow. XGN SVD7. Thank you for the follow. Native Logic. Thank you for the follow. Kula Ice, George Z, Chasen 316, Killer Moth, and Eager Carrot 4. Four and also Chase's 316. Thank you to follow, and also those listening currently to the live broadcast over at talkbrunch.com. And of course, the majority of you who are listening via iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps, we're always available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud. Just search Talk Brunch. You can visit talkbrunch.com for that, plus our social media links, as well as replays of all of our content from this week. And there's a lot of content on there. I don't talk too much about the gaming stuff that goes on on this channel. But I did want to touch about touch base with it just a little bit before we get into the wrestling. One of the things being that we did Blair Witch last night. Go check that stream out. We have it up, the replay, uh, YouTube version, Facebook watch version. Uh, also, just at the bottom of Mix, if you just want to watch the replay there. Uh, we'll also be doing the Gears of War midnight launch. Whatever, the four days, five days early, ultimate launch. I lose track. What day is that? Uh, let's see. I want to say that's my God. I think I lose track, but damn. So let me look it up real quick. But yeah, it's, um, it's, I, I didn't realize how fast it was coming until I think I was doing some marketing stuff at work. And I look at the date and I was like, oh my God, it's like almost right here. <laughs> hey, what's up, but Jason? Yeah. But yeah, nah, I, um, whenever, whenever it launches and man, whenever it comes out, just come back to the September 6th. So it's September about four 6th. Days okay. So on that day, we'll be here. Also, tomorrow night after the Party Game Zone, which is immediately after 205 Live, we'll be doing uh, Torchlight with Mist, our launch of Torchlight, too. So stay tuned for that stream. You know. But Blair Witch was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I so, so, saw some people in the chat room that got to take a look at it. I'd like to see more, you know. Don't just show up here. Show up everywhere. Yeah. What y'all doing? So, so what was your favorite thing about the wrestling week? Oh, 
my something. God. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I almost have to say, and it's not even like that I didn't like or dislike AEW any less. UK sent a message this weekend. Yeah, I told like, you, man. I watched it live the, just, just by happenstance. I wasn't planning on watching it. I was just doing nothing and tuned in and wow. Like the funny thing about it, and this was um I had a th- I have a I had a theory after every after everything was said and done with that night. Everybody's been talking about what's gonna happen with Raw, what's gonna happen with SmackDown, what's gonna happen with NXT, the network, all this stuff. I feel like Takeover Cardiff was a message to the company itself in a sense of did you forget about us? Because now you don't get to forget about them anymore after the, after what they did to each other in Cardiff, Wales. Yeah, man, to be honest, I kind of did forget about them. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I still I, I would like tune in every maybe couple of weeks because they actually do a pretty good job of keeping you updated, even if you're falling off for a little while. But, yeah, I'm not missing a show now after that. Yeah, no, like, I mean, that, that, that whole night was bananas. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it later on. But listen, if you didn't watch the NXT UK takeover, even if you don't normally watch NXT UK stuff, you owe it to yourself to watch that show. That was incredible. If you are a wrestling fan with any kind of self-respect for yourself, you watch that show. That was the best show of the entire night out of everything. It was it was unbelievable. Taking nothing away from uh, All Out because it was great as well. But that NXT UK takeover, really incredible. Yeah, I feel like All Out, even in a sense, it was more just that last bit of prep before the TV taping show up. All Out, by default, has more hype. Because everyone's yeah. talking about AEW as the talk of the town. They had the StarCast weekend going on, which we'll talk a little bit about. So there's all this hype. But at the end of the day, these guys came from under with that. And it's funny because really only people who were enthusiast enough to watch that kind of content are going to know. I feel like the day was won probably for AEW if we're going to look at the history and the statistics of the soldiers because it was more of a hyped event. But wow, that they really tear the house down with that oh, UK. Yeah. One of the that main event's one of the best matches of all time. That main event was the most insane display. That whole amount that whole night, like UK Takeover is officially going to be deemed the most smash mouth night of the year because every soul on that card beat the respect out of everybody. It doesn't matter what shows you watch, what brand you're committed to, you now as a wrestling fan, you don't get to not respect that brand now. If you don't, you're not even a wrestling fan anymore because it was ridiculous. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Like, that was a bold statement on Saturday. Yeah, it was spine chilling action. It was incredible. I I wasn't expecting it. Spine Radley at some point. Yeah. So. I mean, and then All Out was exactly what we expected All Out to be, in some cases, even outdoing itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel it was more or less what I I had expected from their show. Yeah. That's where I think UK takeover kind of won because it wasn't it it exceeded the expectations that I think a lot of people had. Like it blew away some of the other takeovers. Let's be real. Like, that was uh, it, it, it was absolutely incredible what those guys did. Yeah. All right. Well, our first bit of news as we go through the dirt sheets together today, I'm just picking them at random. So don't get pissed if you don't like the story. So. Uh, yeah. I- <laughs> so, man up 
Yeah, right. I had to take full accountability, right? That's my disclaimer. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get the disclaimer at first and I just have to deal with the consequences. So uh, apparently Paige is going to be part of some new Fox show called Havenbrook. Never heard of it before. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, but, uh, it's probably did, one of those shows I've heard of, but never watched. Yeah, well, she gives some details about her, her show that we're going to link you to the, the full interview here, but we're going to let you hear it as well. So anyway, um, you guys are uh, on the show Havenbrook, uh, which is a great uh, show that we just watched. Let me just jump right in uh, and ask, have you ever loved something uh, so much and then had some network that didn't know anything and just didn't get it, rip it away from you? Fred? Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, what do you tell about your characters on the show? Okay, I play a character called Samara, mm-hmm. and she's a sugar heiress from London. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, she got kicked out of every boarding school she's ever been to because, you know, she seduced the headmaster. And the headmaster, too. After kicking an opium addiction, her mad mum actually um, lost her in a game of mahjong to the mayor of Havenbrook. So now she just can't find a date to the prom, so she's... Wow. That is a... Uh... <laughs> I that love is... how all that ended is she can't find a date to the prom. Yeah, that is, that's like, different. It's very different. I might have to watch this show now. <laughs> I gotta see if she gets that prom. It's successful her life. Oh, God. We're going to have a little something fun there, right? Right. Something that the kids can listen to. Yeah. (laughs) Put them to bed now, though. (laughs) Because it's about to get real. So, uh, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, a.k.a. Meltzer, we're hearing that uh, WWE may be planning another draft where... uh, They'll split the brands permanently for Fox and USA. So uh, I don't know. What do you think of this rumor? I'm calling it a rumor right now. But what is your opinion on <sighs> this this complete split of brand? If they're going to split the brands, split the brands. Don't split the brands and tease them getting back together every now and then. Don't split the brands and have them doing cross-promotion pay-per-views every other month. Don't split the brands and then put in some wild-card rule where three, then four, then five, then ten superstars can jump over. You put one on one side, you put one on the other side. And if it's not Survivor Series, the World Rumble, or WrestleMania, I don't want to see them in the same city, let alone together. Like, if you're going to split, then split. I think it's a rumor for me. In my opinion, I think it's a rumor. And I think that even if it wasn't, there's just no way that they'd be able to honor any brand splits at this point. Does anybody really believe that they're ever going to actually be able to split these brands like right now of all times? It's impossible. So screw it. There's no way. There's not even, they don't even know what they're doing sometimes like hour to hour, let alone to be able to have that (laughs) level of division. You know how hard it would be to have that level of separation? Like, really think about what it would take to have that level of separation. The organization that it would take for you to take a team of people and decide that they're permanently restricted to one side or the other side would be so outrageously silly. It's the same level of organization it takes people to walk into a GameStop and put the PS4 games in the PS4 section. It's madness. You don't understand just, just how to, real that is for me. Like, <laughs> Just to put it to, into perspective, according to Brad Shepard, uh, Vince McMahon wasn't at SmackDown this past week, but he did rewrite it via Skype. <laughs> like Vince called in on Skype. I guess I'm, I'm assuming they did the, the little video thing. 
where he appears on the screen, they can sort of, it's almost the equivocal, it's 2019's version of the Emperor Palpatine phone call. You know what Stop. I mean? Can you imagine I'm that? Te- like, think about that. You know, like, they get to experience, this is the closest those guys will ever get to experience what it's like to be, like, on that, <laughs> on that ship. Because like, because like your life's on the line and you have to have all these plans. And then finally, like the person in charge is this old guy who's not pleased and he appears on a big screen. Oh my God. It's incredible. The only thing he's missing is the fucking force choke. Oh, he probably got that too. He just doesn't use it. But yeah, they literally, I'm not even making this up. You know, they literally had Vince McMahon come out on a Skype screen so that he can rewrite SmackDown for them at the last minute. I can that, visualize it, and it's the funniest thing. I've ever seen it's, it's one of the best things ever. <laughs> <laughs> he appeared on Skype. Oh my god! I can just see that now. Uh, Mr. McMahon, can you hear us? Hey, God, can you hear me? <laughs> I don't like this script. It's shit. <laughs> it needs one, more good one, shit. One, one minute, these guys were all sitting around, you know, <laughs> hanging at the at the local juice bar, you know, proteining up. And next minute, it was like. Writers do, do, teleport do, to the teleport do, to the command center immediately. <laughs> oh God! Vince on Skype, that is incredible. Oh. So I'm so yeah, I'm sure that it's possible. But you expect me to believe that they're going to go from rewriting the whole show on Skype to splitting brands evenly without ever changing their mind about people? Exactly. They they changed up the wild card rule twice the first night. <laughs> Shane did the did the un- unlimited power. You saw that in the chat room. Oh it was the my emperor. god! That was awesome. That's literally what happened. Vince became the emperor. He comes out on a screen now. <laughs> Everyone's trying to say the Triple H is going to eventually take all of this over. For all you know, he's already uploaded his consciousness into something on Skype. <laughs> you know, and like when when he's gone, we're still going to have a, a a Vince McMahon. You know, a Vince Mac headroom. <laughs> Vince Mac headroom. Hell no. Oh my god. Don't put it past him, man. Does he do the dance when he shows up on the screen like before he says anything? Like Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember Mac had room. I seen it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, that might be the real thing right there. But yeah, he rewrote it. So yeah, when you get these guys to tell me that this guy's not calling in from the XFL to rewrite shows, then I'll believe that they could divide the rosters. Right now it wouldn't even be smart to do it. They need to promote each other, right? They're all moving to different networks in different times. How foolish would it be to separate now? This is when you need the promotion the most. You need these shows to to have guys cross over. There's no way in hell to do that. Not at all. I mean, I'd like to see the rosters separated. I would like them to see live up to it because I mean, she and I became a fan. The rosters had not too long separated. It was about around 2002, 2003. That was about the time like all the rosters got locked. Like, so that's what I came into this business knowing that was a thing. And when they finally started coming together, like the first time I saw Royal Rumble, I lost my mind. I was like, wait a minute. They're on the same show. They're fighting each other. Now it's gotten to the point where they change it up so much. It's like it's not even special anymore when the rosters do get split. The whole history of wrestling is a brand split unification, because when I look back at it, like, yeah, that was a late start. Like your beginning was a late start for me. Uh Having lived through through the WCW and the Monday Night Wars and stuff, I always think about the fact that when they when we first had, even though it was a crappy invasion because hardly anyone cool came, when they had that crossover with the ECW guys and everything, and there were guys from all all the different rosters. For me, I remember marking out, and it was mainly ECW guys because at the time I was a big ECW fan, so I you know would watch all of their shows and 
knew their guys almost more so than the WCW Nitro dude. So for me, that whole crossover was really cool to have and enjoyable. So when they really did get rid of the Monday Night Wars and the other company was gone and there was no other place to work, and eventually those guys did slowly start dripping in, like, you know, we wound up getting uh, Ric Flair and wound up getting the NWO guys eventually, all the guys they were trying to get in the first place in the in the grand big invasion. It it yeah. was cool. It was cool that they had they they eventually wound up having all those guys. So for me, I felt like the first brand split deflated that because it was like we finally, after this long crazy Monday Night War, have like everybody. Like that's the grand thing. That was pretty much the prize at the end of that. If this was Highlander, like this was the there can only be one moment. You know, <laughs> like it was like we finally got everybody. Finally, it's like a dream come true. Like matches beyond your wildest dream. What's the first thing that they do? Hey, we need to split this in half and have a draft. Like, why? We waited decades for this, you fucking idiot. Like, let everything sort of merge together, which was it was doing for a while there. And there were a lot of titles. You can go back and watch pay-per-views in, like, 2001, where there were, like, nine titles on the line. Because it was all the WCW and WWE titles, and uh, and it worked. And for some reason, they did this split. So for me, I didn't like the first draft. And if you go back and look at those first few drafts, they were always made deliberately to split people up just to make it awkward. Like yeah, split up the Hardy, split, split up, up split up the Hardy, split up the Dudley, split, screw up all the tag teams. So it was more That's like we got Reverend Devon because of my last point, my brand split with the Deacon Batista thing, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I never, I, I like drafts if they make sense, not just for the. That's why we got dancing Bubba Ray Dudley. Remember that shit? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, has a hardcore title dance. You know, all kinds of weird stuff, you know. <laughs> so I don't think that they they can't do a proper draft without making it weird, you know. Yeah, it's just you, they're to the point now where they they don't need it anymore. They were they had a countdown recently on YouTube that was showing like the the top splits or something. I don't know what it was. I had yeah, it I think it was background. like it was like the top uh draft move over it's like super like top shocking move people moved over the draft like i know triple h moving to smackdown was one of them yeah it was just one of those things where the youtube was on autoplay and i was just running on my screen but i remember one memorable moment for me was uh miz and morrison where uh they, like they they realized they drafted the se- separate shows and they sort of look at each other like oh man this is so terrible like after all this time we've been together you could see like the look and then all of a sudden um miz just turns on them <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I remember right that. And it was just like, wow, like that, that just goes to show what a turncoat asshole, what a great heel. Even back then when he sucked and he was stuttering on promos to interview. When Triple H got, Switch, got drafted twice in the same night, everybody thought he was going to SmackDown and leave it evolution. He came right back to Raw and it was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I hate when they do stuff like that. The Cena one where he goes back to SmackDown to Raw and like the same draft. Don't waste my yeah. time with this draft. That should have never been something to be allowed. With you, once you're drafted, that's it. Like that should be it. It doesn't it, like it, it defeats the whole purpose. It's just a wasted pick. Mm-hmm. No, it happened. It happened. Triple H. Kid. I don't remember the Triple H one, but I remember the Cena one. But I knew you I remember the Triple H one because it happened. It, it was around the Evolution time when that one happened. Because hmm. everybody, like everybody, you thought about it, it was like, wait a minute, Triple H is going to SmackDown, and then it was just like, no, he's right back. It was either like one of those trades where they traded him back for somebody else or something. I don't even know. But I remember because I thought the same thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Evolution about to lose the leader. Who's moving up? That was my whole thought. Like, who's moving up? And at, by the end of the night, it was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, God forbid anything relevant that happened with these drafts. It really shakes things up. They could be creative exactly. about it, but it's always just to create the divide. Yeah. It's never actually to give people stuff that they want. Like, I don't know. 
So what will you do uh, in this situation? The, the the roster is the way that it is right now, right? Are you gonna um? Would you draft? Would you have some sort of a draft or a superstar shakeup, or will you just let it be crazy, or will you let the wild card stick around? First of all, that wild card can go burn a fire. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing, and it's hard to say. It's hard to answer now because of the way it is. Because they they split them and bring them back so much. I always in the reason I always enjoyed when they were split up is because that made nights like Survivor Series and the Rumble and WrestleMania more fun because though you know you knew that under no circumstances were you going to see any of these guys possibly touch from the other side unless it was those nights. But yeah. on the other hand, there's a lot of times, especially we've seen with the draft, uh, with, with when they've been just one whole roster. We've seen fun stuff happen every now and then. Yeah, but they so also kind of, they also hurt their pay per views really badly. Doing, in my opinion, at least, go back and think. I mean, what a strange time it was to be a fan when you would have like a pay per view that was like just just SmackDown, yeah, you know, or, just, <laughs> or just like a Raw backlash, you know, or or, or whatever the hell SmackDown with Judgment Day used to be you like know. That. Exactly, where it was just like half of the roster, like this is only going to be these guys. And it wasn't that long ago. You know, when you think about it, it was happening still back in the early 2011, 2012. Yeah. We had those pay-per-views, unless it was one of the big four. There were points in history where SmackDown had some pay-per-views and Raw had other pay-per-views. You know, and that did ha- have a coolness to it, I guess. I just don't think it's sustainable right now. It, like, they need to do all hands on that kind of situation if they're going to try to do something with AEW, can't just be against NXT, you know, and SmackDown, Definitely. SmackDown has big shoes to fill. They're going to need everybody from the main roster, not just half the people, you know, they're going to need the top people of both SmackDown and Raw. So when you put it that way, you know what I mean? Like maybe they don't need all the mid carders, but we can say for sure that if they were to lose like someone from the top of Raw or SmackDown, it would hurt them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the like who who could they afford to lose? They can't afford to lose Kofi, right? I mean they even no, do yeah, a bunch no. of New Day stuff with uh New Day's like all over the place, you know what I mean? Like on commercials and advertising and stuff like that. So they can't afford to not have them. They can't afford not to have Rollins and Lesnar around and those are raw guys. So you see what I mean? Like the top people are gonna be important to have. You're not gonna are you telling me they're not gonna wanna have Daniel Bryan ever on Raw? Oh no! There's no way. They, there's no way they could pull it off at this point. You know, we're never gonna have John Cena ever on SmackDown or Raw. They're gonna have to always have some division there. I think it'll always be loose, and I don't think that it's gonna happen. But the yeah. the SmackDown will definitely change with the way things are going. They already have the new commercial with the new logo. I don't know if you've seen it already. I've seen the logo, but I haven't seen the new commercial yet. Yeah, let me bring it up for you here. Oh, hell yeah. You can't see me! She's out, Doc. I-O-N. Submission. This is great! This is awesome! And it's boom drop time for Kofi! With an RKO out of nowhere! All hail the queen! What is this maniac doing? The dead man has risen! Oh, no! What is that smell?
so that was the new logo at the end there. So mm-hmm. we're all superstars. Even had a little Asian kid at the end. He's a superstar too. A little blocky. <laughs> it's a little blocky, but I don't hate it. I'm trying to bring it up on screen here. There it is. Not See? bad. Yeah, it looks all right. It's not the most impressive thing I've seen, but I mean, it looks pretty cool for the SmackDown logo. Yeah. There it goes. I would, just love, I would just love to see that, like, you're a like, surgeon freaking that's this test to see if the, see if the anesthesia is kicking. Like, in my perfect world, that's the procedure. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they're going to need to change more than the logo. Oh, yeah. This is Fox. Fox will not around. take fake Rowan. Yeah, right. You try to gnome Fox, they will give you the boot with the quickness. Don't Gilbert this. Oh, God, no. No, especially don't, don't Gilbert this. Even worse, don't Goldberg this. Wow. You, yeah. You're worse than Ziggler with the Goldberg stuff. Uh, I mean, at least I get over. I mean, yeah, Mr. Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Nice time. But, uh, It'll be interesting time to see what happens. So. Yeah, but like I said, I don't think a brand split is the smartest move for anybody right now. So, you know, don't They're do not it. good enough at committing to stuff for a brand split. Mm-mm. And we're hearing uh, there's been some cost issues with NXT, apparently. Um, well, a couple of things. First of all, there's new taxes, I guess, on Internet and stuff like that, like for streaming services. So, oh. like, for example, in Maine, um, they have a new tax on any Internet sales. So if you live in Maine and you're paying, like, for the nine ninety nine WWE Network, you're actually paying $10.53 now because you're not getting the clean $9.99 anymore. So there's new laws out there in Maine. Only only Maine so far, and I do say so far. But for anybody who lives anywhere else in the world, you know when it comes to buying stuff on the Internet, what you pay, aside from games, when it comes to services, monthly services, you're charged for your monthly service and that's it. So it changed there. So now people are having to deal with that cost. Which is unfortunate. Hopefully, it doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, man, you keep that. Yeah, and uh, also now with the WWE Network, you can no longer pay for it using prepaid cards. That I did see. I saw something about that earlier this week. There's a message saying, "Attention, all WWE Network subscribers! Due to the new layout, anyone with existing accounts are no longer eligible to use prepaid cards that you get from stores, CVS, Walmart, Dollar General, etc. Until it's fixed, you're required to do a 9.95 month plan with credit slash debit card. I think they mean 9.99, right? I would hope so. You get five. You can go gold from playing. With prepaid cards, you get it cheaper than me. I don't give it a few cents. Maybe that's their way of, of preventing people from making multiple new accounts because it could be easy to probably uh, fraud those those little freaking grocery store cards. Yeah. Yeah. So most things usually go for like three months at a time. So. Yeah, I don't know. They're just saying, look, use your regular information. <laughs> I said, be an adult. <laughs> hmm. So. We should talk about one of these shows. The question is, which one would you like to talk about first? Oh, that's such a tough choice because they were both so good. I think, you know what? I'd say in the order they happen. So let's start off with UK TakeOver Cardiff. All right, good old NXT TakeOver. Came to you from Cardiff. You spoiled it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> spoiled it. <laughs> so the first match was Noam Dar against Travis Banks. 
And this was a big deal because this was actually, even though he was scheduled to be a part of, of TakeOver Blackpool due to um, getting taken out by Jordan Devlin, this was Travis Banks' TakeOver debut. Yeah, and he looked good. It, yeah, the dudes have been, he's been, ever since he came back, dude's been on fire. Like, he even wound up as far as on um, when they did the episode that came from Download Festival, even got himself a UK title shot. Dude's been amazing since he's come back. Like, and I mean, ever since No Dar, this current run he's been having as a heel, he's been on quite the win. Yeah, I don't think he's hardly ever been beaten in maybe the last few months. So this was this was a really intriguing matchup to see. And I think this moved um, one of them a lot closer to a UK title shot. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Dar's been one of my favorites ever since we had uh, the Cru- Cruiserweight Classic. So I'm really glad that we got to see him. And uh, Always a great talent. Yeah, overall, I thought this was really well done. And um, I like Banks' suicide dive and, uh, you know, Dar's nasty elbows. Overall, um, really good spots in this. I liked a lot of the the hard exchanges between them. Yeah, I think uh, one of my favorite moves in Travis's arsenal, it's that it's almost a variation of the disaster kick, but it's from the corner instead of the ropes. He calls it the slice of heaven. Yeah. And I Very think, nasty kick. I also like his, his uh, shining wizard. Yeah, you know, which I think really I believe hard. I believe the shining wizard was what he did before he went in with the slice of heaven. Yeah, you know. yeah but, um, but it was all in vain because after connecting with a Nova Roller, the Sky Supernova wins again. Mm-hmm. I like uh, that makes him. Uh, isn't he getting some sort of a record or something like the first? Uh, I forget what it is that he is. I don't know if it was the first person to win in two takeovers or. I believe so because I think he won when he competed at uh at Takeover Blackpool. So I think he might be the only one with a perfect record, right? Which I mean, that's a big deal, even though it's only been two takeovers. Mm-hmm. So the next match was a surprise match because Cesaro had laid down the challenge earlier. He wanted to face somebody at the UK Takeover, and Dragonoff is the person who yeah. answers the call. He's a, a recent. He's he's shown up in NXT UK over the past few months. Had only suffered one loss to Cassius Ono up until this point. Extremely talented superstar. The crowd adores him. The eyes frighten me. And yeah, really hard hitting Smash Mouth guy. Perfect for that UK um for UK roster. Yet they have Cesaro go over him. It's interesting. Because I can I can see it because this was Cesaro's very first appearance in NXT UK, uh-huh. and the crowd was extremely excited to see him. And I think when even the rumor started that he was going to be showing up, everybody wanted to know who he was going to fight. But this match for me, it felt almost like even though Dragonov lost the match, it was more of let's give him a real test and see what he can do. Because even Cesaro was impressed with him by the end of the match. Can you believe Cesaro? They, they say he did 40. I wasn't counting, but they say he did 40 swings. It was around 30, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. I didn't think he'd stop. No, even here on, yeah, I'm looking at social media saying 40 swings, man. He was shoot dizzy after that. Like, yo, that was the craziest thing. And I love how you could, you, when the crowd was counting all, because they counted every swing. The crowd legit started to perk up at about the 25, about 29 mark. And it's like, wait a minute, he's still going. Oh my God. That was the book. That was, I think that's a record. 
I'm positive that's a record. That's pretty cool, man. Let's see him um, do well. I want to see him do it on Strowman next. 40. Right. Let's go. Give me 40 streams. Give me 40 swings on Strowman. I'll nice. take it. But yeah, he Dragunov did good though. He he did really good. His senton that he usually follows up with his with um his finisher. He um Look, a I lot got of the, height. I got the swings on screen just for anybody. Look at this. See. These freaking swings. Look at this. Like <laughs> and you know what the bad part about this? He did so many swings, I won't know when the gift ended. Me neither. I can't tell. Like is it, is you, can't it tell, you, you can't tell you can't tell if the after. gift has actually repeated yet. I can't because this is really how they shot that angle. That is nuts. But on record, yeah, it was forty. That must have sucked for dragging off. Like I always wonder when he does that, does he tell you how many swings he's probably going for, or is it just like let's just go till he stops? I don't because know, if somebody, because if somebody tells me forty swings, I'm gonna be like, are you really sure you want to go forty? Like, yeah. I don't know if I got the stomach for forty. How is he not dizzy after? It's like how's everyone okay after that, right? Right, like, like I, I'm amazed he had the continuity to go for a pinfall when he did, but yeah, he finished it off after a second um, pop up uppercut. Uh, Cesaro finished it off, dragging off with the with the neutralizer, mm-hmm. and then after walking up the ramp, comes back down, looks as if he's loading him up for another uppercut. Basically, shakes the kid's hand and then leaves the ring to him. So yeah. dragging off definitely got the seal of approval. So. <laughs> I, I hope to see a lot of good things from him. I mean, this is only his second loss since he's been in NXT UK. But the kid, yeah, he he's got quite the future ahead of him. I see, I see a potential former UK champion. I see a potential new UK champion in him at some point. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting, definitely. So next, we had up the UK Tag Team Championship Triple Threat match with the Grizzled Young Veterans against Gallus. Against Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. The hometown boys. And wow, this going into this match, I didn't know who to pick because Gibson and Drake, the Grizzle Young veterans, they won the tag titles last year at TakeOver Blackpool, and they've been unstoppable since. Like nobody's been able to touch them. Yeah, and uh uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Webster, they're definitely extremely impressive. Yeah, really good. I believe that is a shoot that they've known each other for so long. So they they were, they mesh extremely well together. The crowd absolutely loves them. It's like watching a video game, watching them watching them um, wrestle. Even when they wrestle each other or when there's a tag team, they're one of the most entertaining tag teams, I think, in the whole company. Yeah. And then, absolutely. of course, Gallus, I mean... They've been running rough shot through NXT ever since they got together. Yeah. And again, I didn't watch. I didn't keep up with the UK stuff. I tune in every now and then. So a lot of this was uh, was new for me. But I was definitely into all of the aggression in these matches. If that's the way that they break out in the weeklies, that's incredible. It, yeah. It's it's it, not quite as much, but it's definitely probably one of the most physical shows of the entire of the entire weekend. Yeah, because like I said, usually I'll check out the takeovers, but it's incredible just how intense that uh, entire show was. Oh, yeah, they they kicked it into high gear for takeover for sure. But I mean, this match, insane action all the way through, finishing off with after Grizzled Young Veterans hit their finisher, the ticket to mayhem. And it seems 
as if uh, Gibson's going to get the pinfall. Mr. Mark Andrews, with that beautiful shooting star press, breaks up the pin, and, with, and after getting the three, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster make history as the first ever Welsh champions in WWE history. Yep. And only the second tag team champions now. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Like I said, I really liked the match. I liked uh, Andrews' plancha and then Gibson hitting him in the throat on the way down. Uh, yeah, it was so the, fast, I didn't realize what happened. Yeah, the suicide dive before going into that shooting star spot was also pretty solid. You know, pretty good stuff, man. Like I said, uh, I totally digged all of that. Gallus, as usual, beating everything up the moves. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the, the, it's the move. I haven't seen them do it too many times. It was almost a catapult into uh, the Samoan drop. Like, just wild, wild match all around from all three of these teams. It's kind of, it, it, it definitely gives a credit to Gibson and Drake that it took a three way to get those belts off of them. Yeah. Also, Coffee, um, with the uh, hitting Gibson with that assisted splash. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just. <laughs> This match was so all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Now, really. The one thing I'm kind of wondering now coming out of this match is um, I, I just wonder who's getting the shot. Are they going to run this three way back? Are Gallus going to get the first crack? Are uh, Grizzled Young Raiders going to get their rematch? Like, there's a couple, there's three way tag matches that are always kind of fun because it's a little intriguing to see where it's going to go next. Yeah, yeah, it could go either way. I mean, out of those three teams, I think they need to switch it up a little bit, separate them, add other people into the mix for a while until the next yeah. takeover. Don't do something like that every single week because I thought someone's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, let them I, have I, a title point. run. You know, don't do a rematch. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the the takeover UKs don't happen as often as the takeover America. So I mean, as long as they don't do a rematch on the weeklies, they should be able to have like a credible title run before anything else I mean, like that happens. This, this is only the second one ever, so I'd like to see more. I think I think actually I'll kind of get into it when we get near the end. But I think what I want to see with the future UK takeovers. But yeah, it was an incredible match. The the, the like the the crowd exploded with um. When get when um and and Andrews and uh Webster won the match, like they were so behind them, and those guys deserved that because they've been working so hard on that brand. Yeah, well, that crowd was unglued the entire time, man. That's how you keep a crowd <laughs> invested in a pay per view. I've told you, you before, know. man. That NXT UK crowd, I've never seen a crowd more excited from the start of the show to the finish, and that's just that's not even the pay per views. That's the weeklies too. They just, they have so much fun and they're so much more a part of the show than a lot of other crowds. And again, anyone who's listened to us long term, you guys know I'm I'm not a two p.m. pay per view guy. That being said, most of the time we probably wouldn't even cover something like that thoroughly. I just kind of flipped it on and it was just like, wow, this is this is really good. I was so I was so bummed out because I was at work while that was going on, and you messaged me afterwards and go, "You got to see this." I was like, "Man, I hope I could close early tonight." But no, it, it was it was wild. It was one of the craziest takeovers I've seen in so long. Yeah, I'll stay in tune with the UK Weekly from this point out. Yeah, exactly, Shane. It was like a ECW crowd. You know, that's, that's, I, and, the, oh. and you see, and, and here's the reason why I feel so bad because even if you take look at people like us who are. You know, 
we watch a lot of wrestling and even for me the uk stuff flies under the radar because at this point there's just too much there's almost wrestling for every night of the week so i don't always feel like i should watch the uk stuff but then you realize look at how good that is there's a lot of people who probably don't because by wednesday they probably feel wrestling can screw right off since you've already gone through potentially one pay-per-view and then six hours of it yeah but i think they everything you know I think throughout this whole night, they made a point very clear. Hey, tough it out for another hour for us. We will not disappoint you. No, they didn't. They made their point loud and clear. <laughs> they made that loud, point loud, loud and clear. clear. So next we had Joe Coffey against Dave Mastiff. Last man standing. These guys have been at it since I think probably before Download Festival. And boy, oh boy! First of all, this was a uh, this was both of their second takeovers. Ironically, the last time uh, Dave Massif was at a takeover, Takeover Blackpool, it was a no rules match. So he's not unfamiliar with this environment. And I mean, Joe Coffey, one of the most physical guys on the roster, the leader of Gallus, because of course the other um, half with Wolfgang is his brother Mark. A lot of heat going into this match, a lot of intensity. So going into it, the second I heard it was last man standing, I knew it was going to be brutal, and those guys did not disappoint. For the love of God, Joe Coffey came out with a chain in his hand. Yeah, and immediately the turnbuckle broke off. Yeah, Mastiff threw him into the turnbuckle so hard, the turnbuckle just said, nope, I'm out. And he started grinding his face into it, and... He beat him with the turnbuckle. Yeah, nah, this was really crazy. They were just throwing each other around. I mean, this had cricket bats and I pool mean, sticks. Yeah, the freaking pool sticks. And at one point, Joe Coffey tackled uh, Bastiff into one table, and then Mastiff with that ro- that running cannonball. This is a almost. This man is built first of all like a dense sun. Okay, Dave Mastiff is huge and hits Joe Coffey with a running uh, cannonball through a table. Joe yeah. looked legit hurt. <laughs> he looked like he was not having fun whatsoever. Oh, my God. And then the finish was that, absolutely crazy. Also, that nasty German suplex on the floor. Oh, dude, they hit. And it, it didn't click to me that they were fighting on the outside for the rest of the match because the ring was broken. But it's just I, I like they, they those two, their rivalry has been so convincing to the point where by the time the match was over, I remembered, oh, yeah, the ring did break. But um, the finish I like when, uh, was... I like when he had that little standoff with him with the chairs where he gave him a chair and they're like looking at each other like, fuck it, we're going to stand at opposite ends of the chair. It was like a joust and it just collided. They've done shit <laughs> like that before, just minus the chair. That's why the crowd got excited because they looked up like, no, they're not. Oh my God, the clang of those chairs together. And I'm like, that just... That that uh, it I, I clenched up before they even made contact and I knew how badly that was going to be. What was it? Um, Mastiff hit that rolling. Uh, that, that God, it's almost like a Green Bay plunge of sort on the commentary table, and the table didn't move at all. Didn't move at all. <laughs> you know the bad part about this? It, it would have sucked less if the table broke. <laughs> how, how do they even? I don't even know. Like, how do they even survive something like that? You know, like, was there even that, any practice or planning going into some of these spots? Could it just look like two bodies sort of flying all over the damn place for that, a lot of it. 
Joe Coffey and Dave Masters, one thing they've made apparently clear in the time NXT UK has been around, those guys can take a beating. I mean, the that, fuck, the, the oh, yeah. God, the fi- <laughs> The so finish funny. is my favorite part going to the finish. That to me, I pop for that. That's, that's like, <laughs> like so, what an ultimate dick. So after, so at the finish, basically, from where they're at the commentary table, it's in a completely different spot from where you've ever seen. But there's a platform where they did the pre-show right above it. They got up to that platform and Master it was a uh, coffee grabs Master Fire's beard and basically as usual, this is my kingdom, because Gallus calls NXT UK their kingdom. And Mastiff headbutts coffee. They fall through two tables, but here is the Looney Tunes kick of the nuts of the match. They're sitting on those little travel cases, the ones that have like wheels on them and shit. And it gets to about nine. Coffee looks over, sees that Mastiff is on his feet, and kicks the travel case out from under him, gets the 10, and Joe Coffee is the last man standing. <laughs> it was amazing! Because after everything they did to each other, just one little kick just decided the whole thing. The suddenness of it. Because I think it looked like <laughs> it looked like they were both up. I was like, up, oh, it's gonna keep going. Pop. Oh. Nope. It's gone. <laughs> What an asshole. What a dick move, right? It's it's so good, but it's such a dick move. Like, the motion of it, too. The body language. Like, that looked like a fuck-off kick, too. Like, man, Yo, fuck off. Mastiff looks so sad. He, I, I just love that shot when Mastiff is leaned up against a barricade, and he's just looking at coffee, and coffee's just looking at talking shit. Like, Mastiff looks so devastated. He Mastiff looked like he got to the end of a level and forgot to save and then died. See how cool that is? They didn't do some lame shit where one guy got buried or something. Like they put a bunch of chairs on him or or he was tied down or some, or some weird shit, you know? Like it was just smart. You know, just a smart, sudden finish that was like indisputable. God. That was so- <laughs> I like that, you know? I couldn't believe it. Like I popped when it happened. It was like, wait, what? Oh my God. <laughs> It was such a sly move, but it worked so well because it's like, it, one, it's at nine. Two, even if it wasn't, it's not like Mastiff has the energy to get back up. Nope. Man fell 12 feet to a table. Like, he's not, that's it. <laughs> oh, but crazy match. Um, it was around, actually, it was more violent than I expected. Like, this, they absolutely killed each other. This was crazy. They can't do it again. <laughs> no. I will not allow it. Yeah, not good <laughs> enough with that one. Oh, God. I mean, but Joe Coffey's already shown that crazy pain tolerance before. I mean, last year at TakeOver Blackpool, which now he's one and one at TakeOvers, he and Pete Dunbout killed each other. So, yeah, it's never been a secret that Joe Coffey's always been able to take a beating and dish it out just as well. It's just it makes him that much more dangerous to see that he's a thinker too, because he saw the wheels on that travel case. It was just like, I got one thing left. If this doesn't work, I don't know what to do after this. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be intriguing to see. It's kind of funny how he's with the only member of uh Gallus that won tonight. Yeah. Excellent performance by those guys. Absolutely incredible. So then we have the NXT United Kingdom women's championship, Tony storm defending against Kaylee Ray. Old town friends. Going to war and didn't expect this, but in the finish of this match, 
After connecting with Tony with a gory bomb over the ropes, he hits a second gory bomb, and Kaylee Ray is now the third ever United Kingdom Women's Champion. Yeah. This one was quite the personal feud because it is a known fact those two have been friends for years. Like they all, they almost started in the business together at some point. And to see Kaylee go after Tony's past, go after the family thing, I'd never seen Tony get that angry before. So it was different to see. So I wondered how she was going to come into this match. But I mean, Tony Storm's been a phenomenal women's champion. She's beaten so many of those girls. So for Kaylee Ray to come in here and beat her at TakeOver, that's a statement to the entire division. Because it's like, none of you could beat her, but I clearly could. But she she took advantage of it. She knew she knew she knew if she could piss Tony off enough, she was gonna be able to get that win. Mm-hmm. And uh it's good because she had a, a pretty interesting run, but now it'll be better to see her in the chase. You know? Yeah, I wanna see how Tony handles the chase now. Yeah. Interesting stuff. It was your, your typical match, you know, nothing really stood out to me. I don't know if there were any spots you wanted to really talk about. You know, I did like the gory um, um I did like Kaylee Ray's gory bomb. Yeah, the fact that she did a gory bomb into the ropes was the one thing that stuck out with me, just because I've never seen it done from there before. Yeah. And I mean, Tony's selling is always amazing. Like Tony looked, Tony looked like she was out like a light. Yeah. After that first gory bomb. Yeah, and I did like <laughs> Storm's release Germans. Oh, dude, Storm! Tony Storm has some nasty German suplexes. And I mean, Tony, I mean, for God's sake, can't even discredit Kaylee Ray. The girl kicked out of Storm Zero. Yeah. Rhea Ripley couldn't even kick out Storm Zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now they're, they're pushing her against uh, Baszler. Yeah, which, I mean, that was crazy to see her show up because that was the first time Shayna's never said a word. So, I mean, th- that's going to be an interesting match just because not to segue too much. This is the first time Shayna's ever dealt with somebody who's as physically violent as she is. Yeah, But that just tells you if Shayna can get past Rhea Ripley, God help that division. <laughs> So who does Kaylee Ray go up against? Aside from Tony Storm, I guess if they do the rematch, is there anybody else that's a good contender? Um, there's a few of them there. There's definitely um, Killer Kelly. She's been another one. She's been she's been doing great. Zaya Brookside. Ever since the the May Young Classic, she's been improving drastically. She actually wound up going over in her. I believe she went over in her feud with uh Jenny. That that there's a uh, Isla Dawn. There's a few girls in that division besides uh, Tony Storm that could definitely take definitely take a shot at uh, Kaylee Ray. There's a few there's a few of them that I think have been looking for a little opportunity to break out. So it's going to be intriguing to see who shows up. Also, I mean Piper Niven, who probably I think she's the biggest girl on the roster. I believe she's set to have a rematch with Rhea Ripley this week. Yeah, and I remember I mean, her. It, that. Oh. <laughs> That's a big bitch. All right. If she, good body. Good body for a big girl, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not big. She's in a bad built way. really well. Like, she's, you know, she's just, she's like a sexy big. That works. Oh, yeah. She's, she, she's great. Huh? That, yeah. But Kaylee Ray definitely has quite a few potential challengers. Still a few who are kind of reaching that point where they get into the contender status. That's what I like so much about the UK women's division. Literally, the whole division is nothing but contenders. It's just the order switching up every now and then. So it's kind of, it's a little tricky, but I think she's going to have to get past Tony one more time before she can do anything else. Because Tony Storm, 
was a fantastic UK women's champion. She took on everybody who stepped up to her. And with the exception of Kaylee Ray, ran through them all. So, yeah, well, definitely held her own here and definitely going to be interesting to see where they take this off championship from this point forward. Yeah, sure. Champions World went too tonight. So. Mm-hmm. so that brings us to the main event. NXT United Kingdom Championship Walter defending against Tyler Bate The first UK champion challenging the third And good golly Miss Molly I'll tell you something right now And this is a bold statement But I'm going to say it with my chest and my chin held high At what was it I think he's now what 23-24 years old Tyler Bate Pound for pound, that is the toughest kid in that whole damn company. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205, Main Event, Superstars, Shotgun Saturday Night, you name it. I dare somebody to find a kid who could take a beating like that kid did and still give Walter a run for his money. Like, Walter threw everything and a half, three times over. And still almost couldn't put him away. That's how you do a proper. <laughs> that's how you do a proper David and Goliath story. Like the fact that he was a big guy and it was a small guy, but you still couldn't really tell for sure that Walter was going to be able to go over here. The spots that they did, it was like nothing like a lot of these crazy freaking spots. Uh, Tyler Bates power, just his lifting ability is really something else here. Literally, I have goosebumps in my arm just talking about it. That's the strongest pound-for-pound kid on that entire roster. Walter's not tiny, people. Walter's probably almost, if not over 300, almost 300 pounds and built like a tank on top of that. Yeah, that really bad spot, dude, where Walter freaking catches Tyler Bate and he just throws him. He sort of crucifix power bombs him into the freaking corner of the ring. I, it looked like the back of his head hit the apron. I don't know what he hit, but whatever it is, he did not land fun. He was not okay. He he sat there and he was just like, give me one second. Like, and I'm pretty sure, because there, there were times, and I think you might have seen it, especially if you look at his hands and his feet, there were times where, Walt, where Walter would hit him with something, and Tyler looked like he was just trying to get his body to respond again. Yeah. I mean, and like the finish of this match, he, after I think, God, he chopped him, powerbombed him, did everything to him. One nasty clothesline, and Tyler couldn't get his body to turn on again. He couldn't get anything to respond, and Walter wound up going over. There were points where Walter was chopping Tyler as hard as he could, and Tyler just stopped going down. (laughs) He hit that kid so hard. They fought for 40 minutes. They kicked 50 shades of shit out of each other for 40 minutes. Not 39, not 41. 40 minutes. You could hear the echo of his chops. <laughs> he hit him with that one on his back on the apron. I didn't know if that was the skin on skin or if his back snapped in two. I didn't know. I mean, like, and keep in mind, like, one of the craziest things, not just the fact that he hit him with the Tyler Driver 97, the fact that he hit him with it 35 minutes into the match. 
The yeah. level of raw power it takes not only to do that in general, but over a half hour into a match, a physical smash mouth fight that is ridiculous. Yeah, no, yeah, that was really something else. And uh, and Nigel again, was losing his shit. Like, and <laughs> again, the fact that this guy is able to make it believable where it really, really felt the amount of false finishes in this where the crowd just you could see that they completely drain the crowd like the crowd was exhausted, you know, trying to, to just cope with this entire thing. I was exhausted with it. Like it, it was it was absolutely crazy. The things they did. I went one point. Tyler got hit with that same body splash that Walter won the title with. And and when Tyler kicked out that arena absolutely exploded because I think it was that moment where they were like, wait a minute, Tyler can win because Walter threw his best shot and Tyler didn't go away. Just everything they did to each other. For a while there, it did seem possible. But that's the thing. And you see, that's what I'm talking about. That's the missing element that we're looking at that we were talking about earlier. When it comes to guys like Braun Strowman and when it comes to a lot of these other bigger guys, you know, we were talking about in the chat room earlier. You need to tell a story that makes me believe that. Exactly. Walter and Tyler Bate told a story that by the time the match was over, you didn't know who was going to win. Yeah, you need for me to believe that the that the smaller guy has enough power and enough will that he's going to be able to go over, you know. And there wasn't there wasn't a point in that this match where you were sure, where you were sure without a shadow of a doubt who it was going to be. And I missed and it. The lo- and the longer the match went on, especially on Tyler Bates' end, the harder it was to figure out is this going to be it. Like by the time Walter finally got him to stay down. It was like it caught everybody off guard. Like <laughs> there was no pre-pop ray because everybody's like, wait a minute, he's probably just going to kick out again. And I mean, Tyler looked like he'd been hit by three trains by the end of that match. And then, of course, after everything happened, Dunn and Trent Seven, the rest of British Strong Style came out and the NXT UK universe showed that kid the appreciation he deserved because that that kid put on a that's match of the year. Yeah, no slamming sure. needed, and it's definitely one of the all-time greatest matches. But that, but that that almost felt weird. It almost felt like a send-off when they. It kind of almost did, right? Like, yeah, which is kind of which is odd because I know I know Dunn's in NXT. He's back in NXT, but there's never really been any clear indication where Trent Seven is lying. Like, is he going to stay in NXT UK? It it for it, it felt like one of those things where it was one of two things either a send off or that was he put on such an amazing performance the UK crowd felt the need to give him that to let him know like in a sense you didn't lose you just didn't win yeah it definitely could have been that because that was like that, that was incredible I mean Walter a hell of a statement because now he's beaten all of British strong style. He beat Dunn, and then he beat um, Trent Seven during Download Festival, and now he's beaten Tyler Bate. I don't know that anybody's ever pulled that off before. It's just... He has a bright future <laughs> ahead of him, for sure, you know? Yeah, Walt Walter just came out of the blue when, in the WWE, and, they were, and ever since that first face-off between him and Pete Dunn, I hadn't really followed, followed uh, Walter like that, but I knew of him. But I was like, there's something about him 
where I had I had a weird feeling I'd never had before. Hmm, and something about this gigantic, intimidating guy. <laughs> yeah, and he, the craziest thing about it is that he's more than that. Like, I mean, the guy goes up to the top rope with a body slash with no issue whatsoever. He drop kicked Tyler Bate hard. He drop kicked Tyler Bate so hard ba- into his back he flew across the ring. Like Walter is a frightening force in NXT UK. And it's going to be hard pressed to find somebody to take that title off him. And then the key is the biggest key thing: no Imperium. He did that by himself. He yeah. survived that war on his own. Yeah, and then that, it was cool that they met him at the top of the ramp. Yeah, which I mean, it's just it's cool to see that this group is formed. Where it's basically for those who don't know, Imperium is made up of Walter, Marcel, Bartel. Fabian Eichner and former Sandy member Alexander Wolf, which me and a friend of mine pointed out the other day. It's actually kind of funny how the leader of Sandy is the one who's doing nothing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was great to see them meet him at the top. I'd forgotten this match had gone on for so long. I'd forgotten about Imperium completely. Which I mean that that shows credit even more to Walter as a champion that he can go through these battles without Imperium. You see what they put up on the NXT UK Twitter, right? I have it on the screen now. <laughs> Follow that. <laughs> like, that's definitely a message to the AEW show that was coming on later in the night that oh, we're going to be getting into. But yeah, follow that. Which I um, mean, yeah, that's bold words. Oh, but yeah, it was kind of like I was saying earlier. I feel like that was not just a message. That whole that whole event was not just a message to AEW. But even if AEW had not had all out the same day, that was a message to everybody in this company. Don't forget we are still here. And we're not managed by Vince McMahon and Kevin Exactly. <laughs> you got a roster of guys who basically show up every week and knock each other out over and over and over and over again. Like NXT UK just put the stamp on the fact that at this point, you don't get to ignore them anymore. Because then they'll do stuff at a takeover and then make sure they outshine everybody else. Because this, for me personally, I don't know about you, I felt like this outdid some of the recent NXT takeovers we've seen. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, like, what a question. <laughs> this, this was crazy. Yeah, no, this, that that's not even something, in case we're not emphasizing enough, no. This was, like, that main event was one of the greatest matches of current time. Like, you I know, mean, so I mean that alone, and it's not to say that the rest of the pay per view was bad. Yeah, it like it's just oh, I, I think t- you even said it to be um, more messaging freaking... back and forth. There we go. The, the main event overshadowed an excellent pay per view. Yeah, it really did. Like, you know, that's the whole thing. the The whole pay per view was five star, but the main event was so good that it, it's going to overshadow the fact that the whole pay per view was five star, and that's not even bad. You know, but it just says a lot when your main event is so good that it, the people forget that the whole pay-per-view was five stars. Exactly. Like, it, the, the main event by itself, you feel like you watched the whole takeover. Exactly. So Yeah, and man, Max that. Adam says perfectly, by the way, welcome. That's how you want your main event to be. You want it to be so good, you have to actively remember the rest of the card. Like, Tyler Bate and Walter put on the performance of probably the next three or four lifetimes. There was no loser in this match. Walter just walked away with his belt. Like this, it it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, that's the way that it's supposed to be. Good for that, man. 
you know and for anyone who's not watching regularly put that on your roster to watch regularly yeah i watch it i i don't watch it as often as i wish i did but from what i've always watched of it before absolutely amazing roster there's so much talent there it's kind of funny how the last time we saw Cassius Ono in NXT, he was just a guy getting beat by Matt Riddle. That dude has had such a reinvigoration in his career since he's been a part of this roster. He's an actual threat now. Like NXT UK is nothing to joke with. Yeah. And I'm hearing they're going to get, or at least they're going to be attempting to put them on some sort of a television spot, not just uh, keep them on the network. There's a lot of speculation <laughs> going on about that. I wouldn't be against it. Get more, get more people to see these guys. Do like, of course, you're doing with NXT, and um, and keep them on the network as well. Maybe just switch the day they they pop up. But yeah, get after this after what they did tonight. Get these guys some more exposure, please. Oh, more eyes to this product. Hold on, real quick. Do it. Sorry about that. Continue. I was trying to load something yeah. up there. Oh no, we're good. But um, yeah, like. It would be so good for them to get more eyes on them so then they can experience what all of us experienced on Saturday. Yeah, I would like that. I definitely would. And uh, it just it's just a matter of, I guess, the numbers, you know, it's like, unfortunately, these shows need to start bringing in the numbers that are going to have that level of a draw. Yeah. You know, and it's because the market's saturated right now. It may not happen. Like, I literally am here by luck if if not you guys in the chat room and you on the call will be telling me how great it was because there was no point like no one as much as you like wrestling no one who's gonna cover it all week is gonna want to wake up on a freaking saturday and then like start their day have breakfast run a few errands and then sit down in the middle of the afternoon for a pay-per-view and i get that that's their time zone but just the odds of me doing that which i kind of feel like for that show you couldn't have had it spoiled for it to have had the effect that it needed to have so i mean who knows how people feel about it that had heard what a great match it is, heard what the results are, then went and watched it after it was already hyped, after already knowing the finish. It's kind of hard for them to be as invested and for them to have the same level of emotional response that one of us did, that just right. had no expectations and went into it just expecting good wrestling, if that makes any sense. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even when you did talk to me about it for a little bit, it wasn't in the sense of, like, it spoiled it. It was just, okay, now I really have to get home and see this. In fact, there's a way you can do it where you build the excitement for the person who hasn't had a chance to see it yet. When you literally let them know, like, just so you know, that next few hours of your life is going to be bananas. And thank you for the follow, Max Adam Powell. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> forgot to and the host. My, yeah, and thanks for the. I forgot to have my notifications on because I didn't have them on. I keep them off for the intro. And I was forget yeah. to turn the damn things on afterwards. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. But yeah, absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of that roster. Like they, <laughs> oh my god, they made a believer about uh, everybody, even the people who believed in them from the get go. They absolutely showed out and they showed everything they can do and more. And they showed like at this point, if after the effort Tyler Bate put after the effort Trent seven put after the effort Pete Dunn put who is running through Walter, who's getting past him at this point, because he doesn't need a me. He doesn't need Imperium. The fact that he has Imperium makes it even worse. 
Yeah, and I agree with you there about the Cesaro. Oh yeah, he the crowd. I I don't think he. I don't think I remember last time he got a pop like that. Anytime he's in NXT, he gets a pop like that because they actually let him be the great wrestler that he is. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a shame that a guy like that who we've known from before he even got here was such a talent when he was in Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero, aka Cassius Ono, and the the matches we used to see them put on Ring of Honor and in Japan, and they bring him here, and sure, he gets a few cool things every now and then, but really at the core, is that the Claudio that you remember? Not at all. You know, like what is this man? Which Get I this. mean, minor thing with Cesaro, he finally got his braces off. Yeah, I saw. Good yeah. for him. I mean, hey, good for him. Like. <laughs> Got his braces off. Got to put on a ten and a half star match with Dragon Off. Look at you! <laughs> yeah, just stay away from the main roster, man. That shit is poison. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> we we've got guys from NXT coming back home. Why not turn Cesaro loose in NXT UK? Yeah, please. Or uh, I don't, I don't know. Do something. And and we talked about that last week when we played the drop of Edge and Christian talking about that now, that that's where someone like Cesaro should go. Uh, you know, when we have these brands and everything else on the main roster, that that's how you handle it. And I'm, I agree with him, man. That's how you take advantage of this situation. You know? I mean, the way NXT UK does things, it's kind of funny. You don't necessarily need somebody Walter's size to be a threat. They prove that when they have Tyler Bate, who's not even 200 pounds, go 40 minutes with him. So we could have somebody like a Travis Bank, like a Joe Coffey, uh, even the rest of um, the rest of Gallus, even now Zach Gibson, who uh, who took Pete Dunn to the limit. There's so much. There's so many challengers on that roster. They have like they have it set to where that's going to be one of the hardest championships to keep in that company. Yeah. Because that uh, roster is so stacked up. And if they were smart, which they're not, don't you think that tonight on Raw there should have been just some sort of a quick recap of what happened at that NXT? Like of course they wouldn't do that because that takes like, a, that, that was, takes a, oh, that takes away from some of the bullshit they're trying to do now. Like that was two days ago and it happened in their universe. You don't think that with three hours of Raw, the most important flagship show, that if you had potentially one of the best matches of the entire year for your company, that maybe you would just want to show a couple of still shots. Like, I'll gladly sacrifice sacrifice the Bailey backstage promo for the holy crap, look what happened at TakeOver Cardiff. I mean, I disagree with you there. We'll get to that later on because I think Bailey did really good, but I don't need to see the War Raiders or the Viking Man or whatever the fuck yeah, they yeah, I don't better. need to see them fight the two <laughs> Javas, you know? You know, the funny thing is, I only went to the Bailey thing because I literally forgot about that. But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Like it was so bad, I forgot like, about it. Yeah, like why? Like why? Why is that more significant than uh, you guys letting people who don't have the WWE network or simply don't watch UK know that something great happened? You don't have somewhere to squeeze into your three grueling hours, your three dragging ass hours. You can't spare us a couple of minutes to just, just patronize to like, hey. those of us that actually have a love for wrestling. Just a few fucking minutes. No one's time is worth that. Oh my god! You know, it's I mean, just, it's incredible when I think about it. They can't. And the sad like, part is, we could literally talk all night about how good these guys did. They did that good of a show, <laughs> and they don't even talk about it. And it's their product. They yeah. didn't let anybody know anything. That doesn't make any kind of sense. <laughs> you know how many more subscribers you'd get to the network if you told them, "Hey, nine ninety nine, and you get to watch this slugfest for three hours." 
<laughs> it was three hours of people just beating each other up. And it was crazy. It goes to show their their uh their priorities. They don't care. It's, they they, they no, don't they don't get it. They have no interest in that whatsoever. What I mean, you wanna you, you wanna win this war you claim you're in? You send NXT UK to war. Watch what happens to them. And yeah, the crowd was fire. Everybody was. Everything was 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 what it needed to be. And you know what the funny thing is, Max, you're right. They didn't make it about themselves. But what's so cool about the UK, the connection between that UK crowd and those wrestlers, they the wrestlers also let the crowd be a part of the show. So they're never they never have to make it about themselves because they know they're as much a part of those a part of the show as the wrestlers are. All the different chants they do, those chants happen every week. And it's because that crowd's having such a good time. And the wrestlers are having such a good time knowing they're having fun. It's never meant to distract them or to troll them or make fun of them. It's literally we're watching some of the coolest wrestling and we're having the time of our lives. Yeah, they definitely have a bright future as long as they keep it the way that it is and they don't mess with it too much, you know, because everything and they never seem to. Uh, yeah, I think what well, I think lately, one of my favorite things about UK, Johnny Saint, the UK GM, never really see him on TV, but he sure enough makes enough of a force and keeps stuff together enough. But you you hardly ever really hear from him, and it's because they let them figure it out themselves. They don't really Johnny Saint's a figurehead only in a figurehead standpoint, where he's not always on TV, not always in the angles. It's like, hey, if something needs to get sorted out, there's Johnny Saint, and then we don't see him until something needs to get sorted out again. Yeah, that's a smart way to deal with it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see. How often do you think they're they're gonna continue to do these UK takeovers? I want to see more of them for sure because it's been a long time since Blackpool that we had Cardiff. Like, but I don't not too often because I don't want that roster to wipe itself out. Because uh, we've clearly seen some takeover. These guys have no problem kicking each other extra hard when the lights are on bright. Well, but well, what's the ratio now? Like, how often are these takeovers happening? Uh, I've been paying attention to how often we get the UK ones. You don't get them as often as a regular takeover, which are usually grouped uh, in with the big four. Not often at all. It's been a long time since um since takeover Blackpool. I think I can see if I can find the date. Because I, it, I remember it was, God, it was forever ago almost. Wow. So, yeah, it looks like, um, wow, that was it. Yeah, TakeOver Blackpool only took place January of uh, this year. Wow. It feels like it was longer than that. It was January 12, 2019 when Blackpool happened. Look at that. Yeah. It feels like it was longer than a year. I mean, that was that was nine months. So you could have a baby in that time. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty long man that's a long between time between days. i i want to see more takeover i want to see more uk takeovers like it, it's and it's no disrespect to the regular nxt maybe mix a couple of the uk takeovers in there as well yeah yeah max tyler had a baby face the first takeover yo it, remember the wave they don't even do the wave anymore right like it's all over the little they simple wave. wave. He used to, people used to pop for that basic wave. I saw like a few people in the crowd trying to do like the old school wave he used to have. Oh my god. Now he, you could tell that developmental got to him. Like the whole WWE creative system got their hands on him and put him through the factory because 
And I'm not saying it's a bad thing for him because some people need it. And Lord knows he did. Because the, even though somehow he managed to get that ridiculous wave over, I think they saw the writing on the wall where it was like, there's no way that we're going to be able to continue <laughs> to run with this shit for like decades. So a lot of the stuff that he's doing now, you could tell they just helped him get more comfortable. And that's what I mean when I say that even though you criticize and we criticize WWE versus AEW and New Japan and Ring of Honor, there are certain things that you pick up there that you won't pick up anywhere else that help you. And a guy like that coming out of his shell. Daniel Bryan's another one. As much as people are all about Brian Danielson, I love Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. But you know what? That guy had about as much charisma as Dean Malenko. He was a black hole of charisma. You know what I mean? Like, he, I don't like Dean <laughs> And that's and that's one of my favorite wrestlers. But that being said, you know, Daniel Bryan, go back and watch early Daniel Bryan. He was dry as hell. They literally had to squeeze him like the end of the ketchup bottle upside down until they got some charisma out of that guy. They literally just sat his ketchup bottle upside down for a few hours. (laughs) Catch up charisma. There's the episode title. (laughs) Write it. (laughs) They literally had to hold his ketchup. You ever have those ketchups? Where I look, and then even after they held his ketchup upside down for a few hours, they still had to sort of give it that pumping thrust. Oh, I'm gonna tell where, you where, 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 like, where like you get a couple of pre ketchup farts before you actually get anything out of the bottle. That's how bad his charisma was. I'm, I'm gonna tell you how bad his charisma was. He, you had to, you had to unscrew the top and put a little bit of water in it to kind of get that last little bit to loosen up. And then, yeah, that's Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So when you look at that guy, WWE did wonders for his career. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, even one of the it's it's a minor thing he does, little almost like kind of like Hulk Hogan esque pose that Bay does, just stuff like that, a little stuff like that's helped him yeah. so much. Sometimes you need they they help you get over. Sometimes if they want you to get over, they can help you get over. But if they don't want you to get over, that's when you're in trouble because then they'll help you not get over. Next thing you know, you'll be Rusev Day. You know, just yeah. Then you find out that Rusev Day only comes once every every freaking leap year, and then they, you mess around and get it over, and you mess around and get over, and then you don't, we don't see you on TV for months. But yeah, this he's come so far. I love how Max Adam says, "How is the title of ten years older with the beard?" <laughs> the beard added ten years. That's amazing. That's all it takes. Yeah, that. But yeah, that kid, and he's old, he's not even twenty five. That's the scariest thing. That kid's strong as an ox and not in just only a few years out of being able to drink. And he's like, coming what? in during a good era. He's coming in during an era where we're sort of if things go well, we'll we'll be rid of the stigma of needing to have muscle ground muscle bound guys all over the place, you know? Oh, for sure. If there was ever if you couldn't give me a t- a, a CM Punk or a Daniel Bryan to make that point clear, Tyler Bate made that point clear. Oh my God! Max Adams says with that beard and hairy body, he looks thirty-eight with two kids and divorced from Paige recently. I'm done. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I just love how he specifically had to get paid. Oh God! But yeah, it's divorced. <laughs> <laughs> it's that minor detail that kills me. Like that's me. the like, natural ladder that you. Like why down. Paige? <laughs> Could have gone anywhere. You went to page. Oh my god! Oh shit! That's that messed me up, man. It just sounds sleazy, doesn't it? That's gonna ruin me for the rest of the night. 
Oh, if anyone just hears me break out and giggle, because I'm thinking about the fact that apparently <laughs> divorce from Paige he looks is a fact that I hope that beard. He looks mature enough to divorce Paige, is what he's basically saying. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. And Max had him win the brunchy for the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, let's, that was great. Let's move to another thing. What the hell's happened here? Ronda Rousey. Uh, yeah, you know she's a big gamer. If you haven't seen the Up, Up, Down, Down episode with her, you oh, really dude. owe it to yourself to go watch it. I'm so I'm... jealous of her collection. Like, she yeah. made me feel like such a basic bitch. Like, she... Yeah, she's a gamer. But anyway, she's celebrating 15 years of World of Warcraft. As you guys know, they released recently World of Warcraft Classic Edition. I don't know, is it free on PC or something? I haven't looked into it. I think you can play the original World of Warcraft before they add all the expansions and Flying Dragons and Super Saiyans and all that. Back when it was just a regular fetch quest game where you would run around the world with your clans and stuff. It went back to traditional MMO roots. And uh, as part of this, Ronda Rousey... She has a video up where she's celebrating 15 years of World of Warcraft with Leroy Jenkins. You guys remember Leroy Jenkins? Some people probably don't even. Y'all kids don't know. Some people weren't even born. You know what? In honor of that, let me give him a minute. We're going we go, we go to keep it moving. But No, we'll get him on here. Don't worry. I promise. Let's see oh, what yeah. the hell this celebration thing is first. I don't know if we'll watch this whole thing. We'll link it in the channel in case it's long. Like I said, it's like the, you know, like yeah. post-battle dining, cheersing each other for the 15th year anniversary. And there's a song, like, every, like, the whole, like, the, the whole dinner is, like, singing this song. And then, like, I think it's, I'm forgetting it, but at one point you, like, literally punch a dude and you start, like, the whole, like, breakout, like, yeah. Everyone just starts like Alliance fighting. and the Horde start fighting. Yeah. Try to get along for one day and I yeah, fucked yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah. Ah! You immediately fucked it up. That's exactly. so funny. So that's like the idea. <laughs> he um, said. Abe's not here yet, right? Excuse me, Abe's not here. Um, I'm sorry. Alejandro's not here. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my god, Leroy Jenkins! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Who's that? Leroy Jenkins! You don't even know. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. We don't have a choice. Do you have a shingle? <laughs> knee pad. A knee pad. A knee pad right where I can knee people. Okay, well, it looks like a shingle. What? I can knee people with spikes, so when I put my knee, I fuck them up. I shake them with my knees. Oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah. But I'm not so sorry to not do it. Can we do the Leroy Jenkins 
Ranger, although I'm a little hoarse, so it might not be as loud. Is that is that Leroy Jenkins? I'll do it with you. Oh yeah, you're gonna do it. The legend. That's Leroy Jenkins. You know, Leroy Jenkins, for anybody who's a book reader out there, Leroy Jenkins looks like the main character from the Sword of Truth series. Like, at least the way he's describing the books, <laughs> you know. Which is ironic, it's a medieval series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking like that. How funny That's is Leroy? Great. <laughs> anyway. You can't write this shit. All right, Shums. All right, Shums? All right, Shums? Shums, like a Shums. All right. All right. Ready? 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 All right, Chums, let's do this. Leroy! Oh my God! We got to do Leroy Jenkins. Wow. Oh my God! So, I was part of the World of Warcraft 15th anniversary. So, okay, so there people don't know who Leroy Jenkins is. You see how how fucked up that is. Oh my god! Well, I think they need to learn the legend, yeah, the man, the, the myth, the legend, Leroy. So, in summary, Leroy Jenkins. It was a comedic bit that was done years ago in World of Warcraft, where there's a basically a raid that's about to happen, and these guys are planning to do this raid. They're planning like every detail of the raid to go in, and uh Leroy Jenkins, as opposed to waiting and executing this, uh thoroughly thought out plan just charges in screaming Leroy Jenkins at his war cry screwing up the entire uh thing it was a work it wasn't a shoe but it was a funny work that got a lot of attention just because of the way that it was done but anyway we'll let you guys see it and you could judge wonderful Okay, guys, uh, these eggs have given us a lot of trouble in the past. Uh, does anybody need anything off this guy, or can we bypass him? Uh, I think Leroy needs something from this guy. Oh, uh, he, he needs those devout shoulders? Doesn't Isn't he a paladin? Yeah, but that'll help him heal better. He'll have more mana. Christ. Okay, uh, well, what we'll do... I'll run in first, uh, gather up all the eggs so we can kind of just, you know, blast them all down with AOE. Um, I will use Intimidating Shout to kind of scatter them so we don't have to fight a whole bunch of them at once. Uh, when my shout's done, uh, I'll need Anthony to come in and drop his shout too uh, so we can keep them scattered and not have to fight too many. Um, when his is done, Bass, of course, will need to run in and do the same thing. Uh, we're going to need Divine Intervention on our mages uh, so they can uh, AE. Uh, so we can, of course, get them down fast because we're bringing all these guys. I mean, we'll be in trouble if we don't take them down quick. Uh, I think it's a pretty good plan. We should be able to pull it off this time. Uh, what do you think, Abdul? Can you give me a number crunch real quick? Uh, yeah, give me a sec. I'm coming up with 32.33, uh, repeating, of course, percentage of survival. Oh, that's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, all right, Ready, guys? Let's or? do this. Leroy Dragons! Oh my god, he just ran in. Save him! Oh gee, stick to the plane! Oh gee, let's, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Stick to the pledge, Jeff. Stick to the plane. Oh gee, oh fuck. Give me the my intervention. Hurry up. Shout out. I can't move. I can't move. Am I lagging, guys? I can't move. What the, what the hell? I can't move. you. Oh my god. The eggs keep taking more responding. I don't think you can cast with that shit. And that is the legend of Leroy, uh, he and his friends fell in combat.
I just love how the moment he ran in the whole plan with the chip. Oh my god. Lero. Oh, I just love how the, I love the pause then the <laughs> Everybody now realizes when you've gamed online with friends, everybody's had a Leroy Jenkins. You might not know who he is, and if you don't know who he is, it's because it's you. That's why I'm specific <laughs> about who I game with because I don't I don't like Leroy Jenkins's we we can't always it, battle royale games when it's the worst. Like it, <laughs> you certain games you can't have a Leroy like this. Yeah, like I like to take my time when I play. Anyone who watches our streams when it's not Monday when we're playing like games or whatever, whether it's RPG, I like we like to go through everything. We're not trying to run through shit here. And even if it's a co-op game, everybody needs to slow down and chill out yeah. a little bit. We're professionals, you know. The way ultimately work. <laughs> so uh, I'm seeing something here about Carmella and R-Truth visiting a haunted house is this part of the, the 24-7 gimmick or is this just I, I don't even know shit? anymore with those two like, I... yeah um, let me see what the hell this is uh, taking us there yes sir yeah. so got a surprise for you oh hi and you know she said this place was haunted right <laughs> so we're going down to the basement no we're not there used to be a board well, there's no wonder you just have a wonder. And there's walk-in freezers, okay? That's not funny. Hello. Get out of here! Good, uh, taking us there? Yes, sir. Yes. So, got a surprise for you. Oh, hi. And you know, she said this place was haunted, right? <laughs> what the hey, it's almost funny watching it, because that moment when she realizes he's serious, that's the best face. Like, it's. He's such an asshole, but it's great. Like, <laughs> Haunted Mark. That sounds some shit that like I would do. I wasn't sure if it was something in the storyline or if it was uh or if it was something for I guess it was just them screwing around. Yeah. It's good to see they hang out outside of the gimmick. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, Truth's always had to have been a fun person to hang out with. So. Mm-hmm. So we're hearing that there's a chance for more money to be going around for everyone because right now there's some sort of a court battle going on um where people are going as ufc in court because uh the fighter split about 26 percent of the revenue ufc generated in 2007 but then in 2008 and beyond it got even lower it was 19.77 percent in 2013 and uh Apparently, UFC fighters being underpaid is what the objective is to be proven at court. And between September 1st, 2011 and August 31st, 2017, all the UFC fighters combined made $626 million. All of the WWE wrestlers combined made about $400 million. Floyd Mayweather, by himself, made $638 million. So just Floyd Mayweather alone made more money than everyone in the UFC and everyone in the WWE, not combined, because combined they would make more. But that being said, there's the reason why this lawsuit is going on that UFC, it's a possibility that they can lose this. And uh, it could be court-ordered in a sense for them to have to increase the wages that UFC fighters are entitled to. Because if all of the UFC fighters combined are uh, only being paid 19% of the UFC's revenue, that's a bit of a problem. And if that yeah. problem reflects down to WW and other companies, they might need to start adjusting their pay scale. So, yeah, uh, sounds like 
we'll have to see what happens with that. I, I hope so, you know, because I noticed that like a lot of the people that do the hard work are the ones that don't get to make the money in this business, which really pisses me off. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Those guys are going out there in that cage every night, giving their hearts out like you pay them like they're worth it. Mm-hmm. So there were rumors going around that Enzo and Cass were going to be headed back to WWE. These have been some heavy rumors all week. I'm glad that we only come on here once a week because I would get annoyed with all the back and forth rumors. Like I like for things to get clarified. Mike Johnson, PW Insider, though, is saying that it's true and that WWE has denied it. So I don't know. I basically Enzo was interviewed by Wrestling Inc. And he was quoted saying, I can never see myself working a schedule like that anytime soon. I mean, you just never say never with anything. So I just know that absence makes the heart grow fonder. All is forgiven in time. I find that. And that goes on both sides of the coin because I work for the company where at one point I got fired and was upset in that moment. I'm so angered. But then you look at it and you understand the significance of timing of the situation and you have time to let that burn off. Man, I don't hold any grudges. Do I want to go back there? Absolutely not right now. I'm enjoying much of what I'm doing so quickly of of being in these locker rooms and meeting these guys and that I can't imagine going back to a world where I'm on the road 300 days, over 250, 280 matches a year. So, uh, but then Triple H, uh, spoke to Talk Sport and he said, uh, I immediately told our PR to shoot down that Enzo and Cass rumor. Absolutely zero interest. Congratulations to Enzo. I'm sure spreading rumors is working well for him, but I want no part of it. So Triple H is basically implying in his statement that he made to talk sport that uh, Enzo was somehow deliberately planted, <laughs> these, uh, planted these rumors. I mean, I don't know. It would be a weird rumor to to plant unless everyone's working everyone here, which... You know, I really don't know. I think it would be strange. I think it was strange that they immediately released the guy. I told you guys, whether we like him or not, I felt he got screwed over. If you recall, you recall, we had a different structure of a show back then. This was a while ago, almost a year ago, if not longer. But I tried to say on here that I thought that the guy, regardless of how you felt about him, got screwed and that it's messed up that we're all sitting by watching this happen and everyone's acting casual about the fact that he was accused of something and lost his job and shit because at the time we were all up in arms hashtag me too and everyone was guilty upon sight and all this other craziness and lo and behold it's been how long well over a year and nothing ever happened to him there were no charges pressed no one nothing why do you think that is anybody ever thought about how strange that is that the whole thing never even came to light it never turned into anything when we were told that it was going to be and that it was definite same thing with the other guy uh what's his name james ellsworth who i I, i'm not a james ellsworth fan you guys know that but there was so many accusations of things that were going to come to light with things that he's done and said and then it just never did don't you guys notice Mm-hmm. Same thing with Taylor Hendricks the week after Jay Lee became world champion again. All the supposed evidence, nothing happens. Yeah, well, I don't think she, I don't know if she, I don't remember her circumstances, but there are a lot of situations like that. And it's just crazy because the Enzo one, and I'm not saying it's all of them. Again, I've said that on here again. We're not going to bring back that old heat, but I'm not saying it's all of them. I'm just saying that there are situations that I've seen where it's kind of strange and the story has a freaking Jussie Smollett feel to it 
you know, where you just go, wait a minute, let's just hold on for a second. I kind of feel in the Enzo situation, whether you like him or not, they abruptly fired his ass. And I get the fact that they were pissed by this time he had had a whole bunch of other drama and he got kicked out of the bus for some reason, allegedly, and people didn't like the way that he rubbed people the wrong way. This was like just the last straw. I'm just saying that it sucks that that was the last straw. Not to say that there wouldn't have been something the next day that would have gotten him fired, but it just sucks that they ended it on that note. And then where it comes out to basically he didn't do anything. Yeah, I can't, if he really I, I is that, stand Enzo, but even I was like, kind of jumped the gun on that. Because if he's as big of an asshole as they think he is, they could have just waited for a more definitive thing to happen, which I guess maybe they don't want to. They don't want to be liable for anything. And like the, now the guy's being accused of rape or whatever. But I just thought that it was just strange the way that it was handled. That's all. And, um, Most definitely. Unless he needs to, I wouldn't go back. And I can't blame him. A lot of people's attitudes hurt in the current new wrestling world is 300 days a year. Who the hell wants to do that? Who wants to be on the road 300 days a year for this company? You grind away, you know, and it's, it's like a, it's almost like a rewardless business at this point compared to how it used to be. Unless you're at the very tippity top, you know, look at people like Mike Bennett. I'm hearing speculation. Dave Meltzer was talking about how, uh, you know, they just ended that angle with him with no explanation. One minute they had them sign new contracts and they were doing stuff with Mike Kanellis and the next minute, kapoof, where's Mike Kanellis? You know, like what happened to Mike Kanellis? <laughs> there is no Mike Kanellis anymore. Just out of nowhere. They're like wild cards. You don't even have to be doing anything wrong. They could just void your ass out. Hey, one moment he was getting pinned by his pregnant wife. Next, kapoof. You know it's bad when you go from that to kapoof. That's a, that's a sad moment right there. Yeah, and the Yamcha this ass, right? Oh my God, he didn't even get in, he didn't even get in the tournament of power. Yeah, it's just they yamcha you. You don't want to be yamcha, and that's what happens to a lot of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't get yamcha. God, yeah. I wish I could make that make that. If you could just find like a shot of like him just lay out on the floor or something, that'd be a great one. Don't get yamcha. Yeah, don't don't let it happen. It could happen to you. You want to get yamcha? I don't think so. Yeah, no, nah, definitely not. It won't blow you up with a Cyberman, but you wish it did. But yeah, let's talk about some other AEW news that they have going on besides uh, the pay-per-view, because as you know, there's always stuff happening there. We're hearing from Brian Alvarez that uh, people like Marco Stunt are making more money than if you're on NXT television most week. Just people at Marco Stunt levels are making big money. Like he says, AEW is handing out like good, good deals to those guys. You know, so you make, you're getting paid, mid-carders is what they're essentially saying, are getting paid top A NXT money when they're in AEW. Because, you know, the cons have a lot of money to throw around. And they're not, you got to also keep in mind that the cons aren't looking at AEW as the way WWE is looking at NXT, which is still in their eyes a developmental brand that has some advantages. AEW is everything to them. That's their raw. So, of course, anyone on there... And when you're when you're dealing with a family with that much money, it's going to be making top dollar, including the mid carters. Treat, make sure, make make them feel as appreciated as they should be. Yeah, pretty much. Like like like, don't treat them any differently because of their spot on the card. Like, hey, this is a team effort. We're all the team. We're going to make you guys feel as appreciated as we do appreciate you. We're going to make sure you, there's no question in it. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, you know, so Marco Stunt, even him. Well, I'm not a big fan of him. You know what I mean? Like when I look at that guy, he um I don't know. Like I like the I like Jungle Boy and I like the whole Luchasaurus thing, but that dude's small, man. You know, he like just he feels like he feels like the comic relief of that group. Like 
I, I can't, I, I shouldn't, I can't bring myself to take them seriously. But when I do see them, I do get kind of a chuckle. So it's like, I guess that worked out. But yeah, that seems like kind of what his role is going to be like, at least from what I've gathered so far. He seems like he's going to be kind of like the comic relief. Like everything's coming around. He gets all serious. And then up oh, here comes Marco's time. Let's do it. Yeah, secrets under the bridge and stuff like let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, apparently during the star cast that took place over the weekend, uh, AW took a couple of jabs at WWE. Like, uh, Hangman was asked, how come they didn't have Pyro? And he said, because they're working with a WWE budget. What? <laughs> and, uh, oh. at one point, Nick Jackson was quoted saying that I think that we're all forced to watch bad wrestling for watching WWE, right? Oh, Jesus. And, uh, they asked Nick, when they asked Matt Jackson what kind of, uh, TV to expect from AEW, he said that they're not going to start stories that fall apart after two weeks. Oh. Well, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sugar Shane. <laughs> that's oh also, my god. <laughs> Sugar that is Shane. that is fantastic. He feels like he's watching the sidekick of a sidekick. That's exactly oh that's exactly what Marco Stunt is. He's oh you know, one of these days you're gonna have to have your own sidekick. Here's your training sidekick. Oh my god. Is that what Marco Stunt is? The training sidekick of AEW? He's the sidekick of the sidekick. <laughs> that is wonderful. Oh, God. He's the boy's boy and his dinosaur. That <laughs> we have way That's what I don't like there. about him. That's exactly what it is. He seems like more of a jungle boy. Oh, my God. In a weird way, you know what I mean? Like, it's strange. Oh, he looks like Very a jungle boy with stunted growth. Jungle little boy. Oh, my God. Dalton Castle once said, you can't waste a perfectly good boy. He'd waste that one. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. That is, that is amazing stuff right there. So apparently there were some StarCast food menu choices. I don't know if you heard about this. I did not. Neither have Starcast I. StarCast snacks. Let's go. Yeah, I'm going to look here and see what this menu is. Give me a minute to load it up, guys. Oh my god, I forget Squire said Little Mobley. Yeah, it was on Squires. And thank you for the Sparks. Back then. Thank you, sir. Oh, and Sparks died. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's try to get this menu to load up here. Also oh, damn it, Shane. Fucking Sugar Shane said, it's literally like George of the Jungle's pet monkey. George <laughs> of the Jungle's son's pet monkey. That's terrible. <laughs> That's harsh, man. <laughs> you ain't shit. You... <laughs> Hold on, I got <gasps> Give me a sec, guys. I got the link for you here. See what kind of hors d'oeuvres they had this evening. The hell? I'm going to have to bring this up on another screen to, to really see what it is. Do you see it? I linked it in the chat if I you see want it. to. Just, wait, let me, let it's me like know. a camera picture. Come on, man. We could do better right. than a camera picture. No one had an actual shot of the menu. Zoom in, like, okay. Zoom, focus, like something. No, I'm bringing it up on another app here so we can get a good look at it. Okay, I think I see it now. Okay. I love how every food ha- is built from a different gimmick. Like, the first one on the list is great. It's Lucha Bro Naco- Lucha Bros Nachos. It went for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Crispy fried tortilla chips, house-made chili, chipotle cheddar cheese, sour cream, and scallion. <laughs> Mark 
Marco stunt tots. Tater tots bread. <laughs> I almost couldn't read it. Oh no. Oh no. Hold on, I'm trying to zoom in on this damn thing. I could see it now. All right, finally, I could see the damn thing. Oh my god, Tater tots bread. Cold beef short rib with caramelized onions and gravy. Fucking Marco stunt tots. Of course he gets the tater tots. BTE cheese sticks. Five toasty cheese sticks with marinara dipping sauce. The menu looks, I like the way. Best friend onion rings served with spicy chipotle mayo. All elite wings, 12 crispy fried wings tossed in. Polynesian sweet and spicy sauce. Those are expensive, but they look good. Jaws sauce fries, crispy fries and basil pesto and balsamic gastric topped with parmesan. Young Bucks pizza, big enough for one cheese or pepperoni. And Luchasaurus Dino tacos, three soft tortilla with beef or chicken, shredded lettuce, Monterey Jacks, salsa, sour cream, guacamole. Brian Cage's free chicken bowl. Granola, lentil, pilaf, wild mushroom, fresh tomatoes. Just lie. Quite a lot of things on here, right? Okay. The Janella Dog. Go all out or Chicago style. American Nightmare Burger. Grilled single beef patty, crispy fried barbecue, pork belly slab, battered onion rings, and spicy pickles on sesame. Uh, brioche. Am I saying the right? Served with fries? Yeah, brioche. I believe it brioche, is. okay. Joey's pulled pork, fat piled hot <laughs> barbecue sauce. <laughs> Guys, pulled pork. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. <laughs> librarian silent steak sandwich, shaved prime rib, hot hot provolone and gravy and fries. Brandy CBO sandwich, classic club with lettuce, tomato, bacon, turkey and fries. And MJF's middle chicken fingers. Five served with fries, honey mustard or blue cheese dip. Oh my god, Sugar Saint says Sarah Mirador on the toilet. I am done with Shane tonight. Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of Shane. Go to. Zero, zero. <laughs> we have toilet sound. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my god. I don't even remember if I shared the damn menu. Uh, yeah, you did. I did? Good. Yeah, that's how I got to it. Right, right, right. of course. Doing too many Marco things at once. The fuck? You know, the Marcos done tater tots. I'm just, ah, oh, it would have been so worth it just for that one. Like, <laughs> you could spend the fortune good. eating that stuff. <laughs> It'll clean you, know, you out, man. You definitely don't want to have that. The most expensive dump of your life. Like, you got to be, I mean, normal people smuggle in their own food, right? Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. What kind of weirdo goes there and buys the shit that's there? You're supposed to be sneaking shit in. <laughs> I was going to get your Marco stunt tater tops. Can't home make them shit. I would, resent, <laughs> I would resent somebody if I sat down and found out they didn't sneak something in. <laughs> I'd be angry. Ruin the whole event for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's pissed off the whole I can't believe you didn't bring anything. Like, are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? You have food at home. You could have stuck in. He's giving shit for the whole event, too. Well, the main event's coming up. Would have been great if you bought food from home. Yeah, so look how expensive this stuff is. 
At ten dollars, you spent on the <laughs> on the Luchasaurus burger. You could you could have brought could have brought some Skittles and Reese's from home. <laughs> <laughs> you could have used that ten dollars to get you a shirt, not food. So yeah, oh, is there anything God. you learned from us today? Sneak shit in, man. Hashtag sneak. <gasps> yeah, I've never been to a WWE event and not snuck something in. Is the actual thing. Yo, from when you said I've never been to a WWE, I thought you were reading Squire's comment because he said no, you've was, never been to no, a was, WWE show and had ball back with. No, I was responding to it. That's why I said I've never been to a WWE and not snuck food in. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I still oh, bought stuff there too, though. Like I bought beers there, so everything's really expensive. Yeah, sugar shame if you don't shut the fuck up. He said, "Where are the Aerostar Death Flash cocktail?" <laughs> so sick of you guys. <laughs> No awesome Kong nachos. Oh no. Oh no. Think I do a spinning backfist on your inside. Don't do that to yourself. Oh my god. Uh, Wouldn't it be great if WWE now tries to steal this? Like now they have to have their own things for for the Raw and SmackDown people. I can't. Now I have to start thinking of some. We have like a week to do this because not enough time tonight. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of different WWE names that we can have food of. That needs to be a bit that at some point needs to sneak in the next week. Show. I was like, I got a light week at work this week. I'll take the time to figure something out. You know, do, do simple stuff. Have this hour, have Swiss rolls. There you go. <laughs> the Swiss cyborg rolls. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Just give everybody like their own little menu characteristics. Oh, my God. Seth Rollins, you know? burn it down, hot wings. You know, Brock Pockets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you want to take your insides of suplex any bit. <laughs> exactly. You just have some Brock pockets. Squire said another slug of Undercaker. Undercaker. <laughs> oh, God. We could just do this for the rest of the show. I won't complain. Wow. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's like a, a new rabbit hole. It's been uh, <laughs> unleashed here. Oh god! Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, <laughs> Black City spaghetti, Yoko, <laughs> Yoko tuna sandwich. <laughs> oh shit! Bronze fish and hands basket. What the fuck? What is going on? Vinny mac and cheese. Yeah, they can have no, too. no, 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 no. Vinny mac and cheese. I quit. That's it. I'm going to bed. Good night. Oh, shit. You know, have little mini cookies, Becky Bites. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God, I'm sweaty. I'm laughing. Oh, no. no they no. they need to steal this. WWE is known for stealing Yo. everything. They need, they need to freaking steal this. Max Adam just said the page banana split. And oh, that's wow. a back. <laughs> that is wow. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Holy shit. Oh, God. The page banana split. I'm done. Oh, God. I'm crying. Oh, God. I haven't laughed as much as Lonely Virgil. Oh, Jesus. Hey. No. No, Squires. No page clam casino. No. Don't Bad. Hate Don't hate her. She's living proof. You can come back from anything. Right. 
Wow. She came back from my came back from my sex tape with Brad Maddox. All right. Holy crap! But yeah, now we got to think about that menu. Look at this Bailey cheese fry. I, I feel like we have to make one now. Like <laughs> the Xavier Woods one is messed up. <laughs> Xavier Woods chocolate frozen banana. I can't even I read. Can't even read. You know what? If you if you want if you're listening on iTunes, just watch on YouTube. They're on the the chat room is in the video. You can see some of these names. Got to have an all time list now. Oh my god, this is wonderful. And this all started from AEW having a food list, a star cast. I know, right? So, um, AEW is trending all over Google. So even though it doesn't count for money, whenever people look up wrestling, they're looking up AEW currently. Could just be that they already know everything they have to know about the other brands. They're still learning about this. But right now, they are trending big. Yeah, after all out, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's just been happening for a while now. So we'll have to see. Um Melsa was saying that they're not going to be, which I've already gathered, but they're not going to be using the typical heel babyface uh, formula in their storylines. He's, he's quoted saying that when it comes to most of the guys, Cody can be a heel or a babyface at any time. The young bus can be heels or babyface. The general rule is that they're not like just because someone is going to be heelish in a promo. That's just what they want. Uh, he doesn't think that Kenny Omega being a heel is a good idea, but as far as the match goes, but Moxley and Omega would probably get fans cheering for both guys anyway, so they just wanted to build heat. So it's kind of like the way it always was supposed to be in the Attitude Era, even though they never followed that criteria, where everyone's more like Shades of Grey, you know, which is the reason I like that. I like that you can have a guy who's a face like Cody Rhodes, whose best friend is MJF, who's a, who's a bastard. Exactly. You know, and it's like the two storylines don't interject in a way where it, it doesn't work. So I, I see what they're saying and I like I think that's all smart booking. It's a really good way because then it, it, it leaves the field wide open for whatever you want to do. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, Kenny Omega, he also says that he's been globetrotting a little bit and that he's trying to assemble a, a, and piece together some people who might be in the know, in the know, the vision of what the video game needs to be for AEW and that he hasn't having a video game is a top priority list and he can't share anything right now, but he wouldn't be surprised if there might be something to announce by the end of the year. So be ready for it. So AEW video game is becoming more and more of a reality. We're talking about it on here the way we were once talking about having pay-per-views on a freaking show and now it's happening. So never underestimate. At this point, just tell me when I could pre-order. <laughs> And Nick Jackson has confirmed that being the elite is going to continue. He said that they're still going to do it because everyone loves and supports it. So they're going to keep doing it. So that's not going anywhere. It's one of the things that set them aside from everybody else. So, oh, believe me, Max, we ain't got to worry about it being like TNA video game. Because the only other thing that was like that was a, was a AAA video game. Yeah. When how many people remember there was a AAA video game? I do. Yeah. I remember the whole narrative of it and everything and how you get to a uh, psychosis and, and those guys during the uh, story mode. Yeah. I, the, irony, the irony is I actually wound up liking that one more just because the story mode felt better. Yeah. Like if you were a technical or really was a different story. Yeah, exactly. You see? Whereas freaking TNA video game, you just got beat up by LAX and you played a suicide, but you didn't look like suicide. And was- what did What did you pre-order? The the TNA game were they even pre-orders back when that thing came out? I think, I think so, because I was looking up. Um, I don't know if Watch Mojo did this list or what, but they had like no, it, it, it was uh, one of the YouTube channels I follow called Smack Talks. 
they did like a top 10 from like the best of the worst pre-order bonuses. But they didn't get to any of that one, but no, Mark, nothing is worse than that game. Look, I wish I still have this ridiculous menu on the screen. Get that off of here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Max Appearance. So what it looks like, it looks like uh, the Lucha, the AAA game was supposed to come with a mask, but they canceled the mask the week before release. They probably, saved a, probably saved a fortune. They were going to give everybody their own Lucha mask for buying this game. Oh, God. Still probably didn't do them any favors, though. Huh? Yeah, that's real. A Lucha mask wouldn't go save that. Yeah, so Chris Jericho spoke to Hollywood Life about the AEW, quote-unquote, WWE war. And he said, I'm not at war with anyone at NXT. Why would you start a war with some minor leagues? I think we, we're we doing what we're doing on Wednesday night, and WWE decided to counter-program with NXT. There's no war for me at all, because there's not one guy on that show that I have ever heard of before. And that's not being snobby, it's just that I don't watch nxt so if you watch nxt that's fine if you watch AEW, that's fine as well but it's certainly not a war on our part because we have been doing great on our own selling our shows and selling ten thousand tickets in five minutes without any type of war or competition i think this just adds more eyeballs onto us the one thing i learned when i was in wcw is the worst thing you can do is worry about your competition worry about what you're doing and clean your own house and make sure your own shit is going good this is what we're doing and we're not worrying about whatever anyone else is doing i mean you can put on a happy days reunion show on wednesday nights you could put on anything and to me we're going to continue doing what we do and that's to put a great product and give an alternative to what people have expected the norm of what pro wrestling is we're going to change that and we're going to have to try to do something different if we didn't there's no reason to get into it you don't want to be a copy of anything. You want to be your own entity and live in your own universe. And that's what we plan on doing, which is pretty much smart. You know, it's yeah. like they're, they're I, I agree. And I, you can tell that sort of by the style of their storytelling that that's what they're doing. And that's the unfortunate habit that WWE needs to start breaking is that at the end of the day, because of the way they book and because of the way their product design, you can sort of tell when they're stealing stuff. And that goes with any platform or medium, whether we're talking about comic books or artists or podcasts or music or games. If someone's not focused on just the way their creativity is coming out, it's going to sort of show that they're just bouncing off of a previously rendered idea which is what a lot of the WWE stuff comes off as. When you're watching AEW, it feels fresh and new because it is. And you're sensing that even if it's on a subconscious level, you can sort of feel that like this feels fresh. It doesn't feel like it's contrived or worked or, you know, they pulled it from somewhere else. It's organic creativity. And I think that the problem with WWE is that they may not even be deliberately doing it, but when you inadvertently, or when not even inadvertently, when you deliberately focus on what your competition is doing, you inadvertently then wind up sort of mimicking them which is why if you want to get a healthier result you kind of don't pay attention to them yeah pretty much worry about yeah. what's going on in your own house not anybody else's yeah and they unfortunately don't do that and sometimes when they do it the way that they do it backfires but you know what at the end of the day if we're going to look at it statistically more often than not their stealing has worked the entire company was built on doing it more often than not they've just taken ideas and concepts and turned them into their own whether it be cruiserweights, which which came from them, or whether it be the hardcore wrestling and the hardcore matches that came from ECW, whether it became the edgier programming that literally came from Nitro, all of the stuff that's come from somewhere, whether it be WrestleMania itself that came from StarCast, 
all of this was pulled from something. So more often than not, if you're going to look at the record, whenever they've saw something and decided to try to do their own version of it, it's been successful. So there's literally nothing to stop them from wanting to continue to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, we also had, uh, who is this guy here? We're hearing that Kylie Ray has actually retired from wrestling. Yeah. Surprisingly. What the? That doesn't even make any sense. She just got signed to AEW not long ago. Like, what? This is not, doesn't even make sense. There you go. See, R. Kelly knows. <laughs> yeah, like, that was the chick who basically had a Bailey-esque gimmick in AEW, right? Yeah, that was the girl who came out to Pokemon on the freaking way-ins. Like, like yeah, what? What happened? I, I don't know. How the hell did <laughs> she retire? Well, that it, sucks. It, yeah, she was going to be fun. Like, she... Yeah, so much for that party, huh? Jesus. We heard that it was okay. for a health issue. Let me see if I could get more information on this here. She asked for her release, and it was granted. Brad Shepard is reporting that she retired, and we're not sure what the details were, but he suggested that Tony Khan shouldn't have tried to feign transparency on things that he can't talk about. So we just know that it was some sort of a health issue. That's funny, because they were promoting the shit out of her for AEW as being like that friendly girl character. She showed up a couple times, and now just like that, is gone and retired. That is the weirdest, most unusual story that has the most missing pieces I've heard in years. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sugar Shane said retires, then goes to NXT. Oh my god, I'd be so pissed. They would swerve, or they would luger, she would pull a luger. Just comes walking down casually wearing jeans. <laughs> not smiling. Yeah, not smiling, acting like you're just <laughs> trying to look for you could buy a Kit Kat. WWE get something, WWE get some off-brand version of Pokemon song. No, 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 no. He's out. She comes out of Digimon this time. Yeesh. That's no fun. Yeah, so she's retired. I don't know why that is exactly. Baron Corbin's quote is saying that all these smarks have hated and complained about everything that we do, and now they're forced to love everything that these guys do, referring to AEW. Even when it's the exact same thing, it really shows how dumb they really are. Come on now, Corbin. Come on now. You're this close to winning a tournament that requires you to be a jobber afterwards. Don't you ever try to criticize my life, all right? <laughs> Corbin's an alright dude, but he's yeah. very loyal to his company. You said you could tell he's giving the company an answer, like. Yeah. Like he just doesn't want like they probably tell them to no sell it, you know? Like they're like, look, we want you to no sell the importance of AEW. Like, you know, whenever you you're asked about them in interviews or whatever, just say that they're not shit. Say you know? cold pop tart, something. Just you know. Say whatever you have to say. You know, that's more or less what they're gonna do. Pretty much. But yeah, you can tell, like, as much as they said, oh, we don't perceive this as a, <laughs> as a threat, like, they certainly perceive it as a threat at this point. They've, like, bared their fangs, like, in every which way possible, whether they want to admit it or not. It's impossible to ignore at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But if they continue to break out a product like the NXT UK, that's something that can turn heads if they, if they go about promoting it correctly. Yeah, but the thing is, they need to actually promote it. Like, not, like, having no talk about it tonight did not do them any favors. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have a, literally a cannon sitting in your UK division right now, and you didn't even show it. 
And this is what the uh, the Young Bucks had to say in regards to the Monday Night Wars. Wednesday nights. For you guys being oh, Wednesdays. And in the ring, does NXT run against AEW change your mindset, change your strategy, and how do you feel about it? I think, uh, I, I don't think we should worry about what they're doing. I think we should just stay focused and tunnel visioned on, on what we want AEW to be. Right, because like as soon as you start thinking about what they're doing, you're worrying too much. Maybe maybe our originality changes, our creativity changes. Like we we've had a goal since the, since day one, since we started this, and we knew they were going to counter. We knew that man. we weren't. That was not a surprise. Yeah. We we were just waiting for it. No, we knew. We and, were just waiting. So it didn't catch us off guard. So like I, I I think to answer your question, I think our goal's always been the same, and it's going to continue to be the same. Have you heard from anybody on that side of things? Like it, it's exciting. Uh, we have friends everywhere, all over the business, and they're just as excited as, as us. And yeah. I'm rooting for them, and they're rooting for us. It's great for the business. So I, I, I love, everyone wants to call this a war, and because it, it's probably more romantic and and it's more exciting that it looks like a war. You know what I mean? But I got friends there, and I want them to do well, and and they all know that I help put more money in their pockets, so they're thanking me too. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like this is good for everybody. This is it's the healthiest. For, it's good for the wrestling business. Yes, people are going to be talking on Wednesday. This is the health. The wrestling economy has been in years. This is a new boom we're going through. And if people try to say that we haven't helped that, come on. The man makes a good point. Exactly. <laughs> Couldn't be made more better than that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're hearing that uh, WWE does want to put a stop to uh, superstars tweeting about AEW. Yeah, like, I heard about that. Yeah, according to Brad Shepard, they said that uh, they need to enjoy it while it lasts because they're going to put a stop to that. Ironically, Peyton Royce, who's married to Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears, she tweeted, you know, but she didn't say anything about AEW. Technically, Lufo, she just said, my man is an absolute star, proud wife. And watch that, you know, you'll be like, hey, this marriage here, this guy's got a stab. It's not canon. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Hey. They, they're so up their own ass. They don't understand. Like, hey, it's not even. Oh, I'm congratulating the enemy. It's I'm congratulating my friends because they're doing good in life. Yeah. They also have another signing over in AEW. Who's this dude, Wardlow? Wardlow. I've heard that name out and about before. I'm not entirely familiar with him, but from what I've heard, it's going to be quite a big deal with him showing up. Really? Like, why? That, that, that's the much what I'm not too sure <laughs> that's, about. That's the mystery part of it. Like, yeah. I've heard the name. That's the thing. Like, like I just... Wardlow's coming. Well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Sold! <laughs> oh, I screwed up. That's the second time I screwed up a freaking um command on here. I put semd. <laughs> Instead of send. Semd. Bear with me, guys. I'm running all Can three boards. Have the episode boards. titled semd? No. <laughs> I'm running all three boards at the same damn time. So there we go. It'll tweet out now. Yeah. But anyway, this Wardlow guy. Oh, wait a minute. So we get a video of who Wardlow is. Is this what they played during the AEW pay-per-view? It might have been. Yeah. I feel like they played this during the pay-per-view and I didn't know what the hell was going on. Maybe they didn't. I feel like I've seen this somewhere before though. But yeah, here is a, you get this Wardlow shit on the screen for you guys. They got that Lucha Underground production value, huh? You took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) 
he looks like I should know him. That's the part that's weird to me. jumps at somebody like that in the middle of a parking lot. I don't know, but all I need to know is uh, I, I'm going to need him to give me his black card because technically, he looks like a, he looks like Fandango on Roy, doesn't he? Really? You're going to let a dude who jumped that high have to turn in his black card of all things? <laughs> I mean, but in a fight? like what? You know, Maybe you turn in yeah, his decision-making on. card, but certainly yeah. not his black card with that height. <laughs> so I'm just gonna squanton at you. That was just weird. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, I okay. guess I'll remember him after seeing that. That's for sure. The guy who chokes on that black guy, don't he? Yeah, Dave Melser said that he was on their radar, so they want some big guys, big muscular guys. They don't have many, so he's one they're bringing in, and you're going to see that because they're introducing new talent that has not been on a national basis to go along with people who have who you have seen. So you you want a little bit of both. A new guy like that, when it comes to guys like that, you gotta have an eye for the latest talent. You gotta get them first. And if you don't get them first, the other guys are gonna sign them to five year deals and you're gonna have missed that shot. So I guess that's when it's gonna be one of their own guys. Yeah, nothing wrong with a few more big men in AEW. Not too many of them, so. Yeah. Mix things up a little bit. Mm hmm. Not at all. All excellent stuff. Alright, we should probably talk about some injuries. You know why? Because I hate doing that shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it means that if we if we talk about them, we get them over with. You know? Yeah. I didn't even look at the list yet. I don't look at any of this stuff before we go on here to put it together and I'm gonna be just as shocked as you guys. Makes it fun. So apparently Rey Mysterio received stem so um some sort of stem cell treatment. That's kind of crazy, though, because wasn't Ray like, uh, on the show tonight? Yeah, he was there. How the hell does that work, right? Like, stem cell <laughs> must be, that stem cell stuff must be incredible. But yeah, we got a picture of him here, or whatever, his, his message, which we will give you guys. Oh, thank you for the love, Sugar Shane. I guess I scared the hell out of me, but thank you for the love anyway. <laughs> I was like, what did I press? I just wanted to bring up the rape picture for them. <laughs> Alright, it'll be up on the screen in a second here. Bear with me. So many more buttons to this thing than there used to be, right? Yeah. So he said, after last night, events in Panama City... I'm excited to announce that I am in Medellin, Colombia, South Africa to receive the most advanced, safest stem cell treatment in the world today with 
bioaccelerator from orthopedic injury to traumatic brain injury to rare autoimmunity such as ALS, MS, Alzheimer's, even Parkinson's disease. If you want to become a hashtag bioxman or bioxwoman, then please reach out to bioaccelerator and ask for my homie David Truity or Truit. David will guide you through your one-on-one consultation with your medical director with the same care and passion he has given to me. And that is, I guess, what we're looking at here. This Ray getting his fucking stem cell stuff. Did we get, like, a video here? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Does he legit get the stem cell stuff with his mask on? Yeah, Ray's one of those luchadors where he never takes his mask off. Well, except that entire block in WCW that I We don't talk about that, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> that shit wasn't canon. I don't know who that was. He better be like careful that, that this doesn't turn out to be like some shit like what they did to Deadpool. Oh, no. Make sure it's just stem cells, man. There's some luchadors, they have average stories of luchadors sometimes getting buried with their masks on, so... Hey, they take that shit seriously. Alright, well, I wish him the best. I mean, he's already back, so it must be good. It's I'm funny because... It. Yeah, we're, we're hearing about things that it could cure, like he mentioned Parkinson's and stuff like that, which is interesting because at StarCast, Dean Malenko mentioned that he suffers from Parkinson's. You know? So, uh, apparently it's being reported that Dimalenko didn't move his left arm for the duration of the interview. They'd had to have a microphone sort of positioned for him. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty serious stuff. But yeah, that's very unfortunate. Hopefully, they could use some stem cells or something with him. You wouldn't have expected to uh, to hear about that. Yeah, if Ray says it could fix something like that, no reason not to go for it. Yeah, you know, we don't know. I don't know too much about. I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I don't know how fast or how how um, drastically it would affect somebody like him. You know, I guess time would have to tell on that one. Yeah. Craziness. So, this isn't really exactly injury road here, but it is somewhat unfortunate. So, Daniel Bryan's dog Josie has died. Yeah. And he put it on social media. I just actually shared the image on screen with you guys there. Yeah, and, anybody who ever watched Total Divas was very familiar with Josie. So. Yeah. So he put this picture up, and underneath it, he wrote, "On Wednesday, I posted a picture of, of Josie, happy and playful. Less than 18 hours after taking that picture, I was rushing her to the emergency vet, where she passed shortly thereafter. Our family is devastated, but in this grief, I try to focus on gratitude because our sweet Josie gave me so much." To Bree and I, Josie was our first baby, and Josie turned us from a couple into a family. When I was going through a mental breakdown and no one 
else could get through to me. Josie held me together, feeding her, walking her, and playing with her gave me purpose. And her nurturing affection started healing my heart. When I got neck surgery and I was alone and afraid, I envisioned Josie sitting on my chest and she would often do licking my nose. And that gave me comfort and courage. Josie made me laugh when I was sad, nurtured me when I was hurting, and brought joy to my heart on a daily basis. Thank you, Josie, for the joy you brought our family. Thank you, Josie, for loving me the way you did when I needed most. We miss you deeply. We love you deeply, always. So, yeah, that, that sucks. I wonder what the hell would happen in 18 hours for this to be the last photo. And then 18 hours later, suddenly you had to rush to the bed and the poor animal died. You know? but yeah, yeah it, it's hard to say with an animal, but... Yeah, that's, that's definitely quite the blow to Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella because they, like, even from watching the show, like, yeah, that was, like, their first kid. <laughs> like, Josie was as much a part of the show as they were. Yeah. Ah, well, it's definitely surprising stuff, you know. Here's oh. the, uh, the image there. And yeah, that's pretty much it for the injuries. Actually, one um thing I don't know if you heard about was going on with uh, Casey Catanzaro. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Does it count as an injury or a departure or, or how it, are we categorizing her? It, it's it almost seems more like a half and half, like because uh, due to issues with her back, she's basically called it she called it a career. She she's almost as sudden as Kylie Ray, like just like that. She yeah, had, she's the chick who was the Ninja Warrior one, right? Like she was all yep. the, doing all uh, that. That's the girl who dated. And now she's she. That's it. She's just done. She retires. Crazy you know, how fast she, it happened. They said she handed in her notice recently. Um, after that back injury, she decided to stop wrestling. According to Brad Shepard, um. It's been something that's been that she's been dealing with for a while. She had to make the choice. This, according to a source, has been hurting her since last year, and uh, she just discovered that the recovery would have just been too much for her. So she's done now too. Yeah, that sucks. What in the hell's going on? How so many people getting screwed up at that young of an age? Yeah, these are people that haven't even started yet. Yeah, she. Last thing I think she did was team up against uh, AC Lane. Team team up with her friend Lacey Lane, but yeah, that sucks. The smaller girls too, just because they don't have the build for this apparently. Sad face. So, uh, Liv Morgan put up a new video here where uh, I guess she cut her hair. Yeah, Uh, looks like it's part of this gimmick change we're gonna be getting. Really, that's part of the gimmick to have no hair. Yeah, I hope she. I I I I would hope she don't come out here looking crazy like. How? That was the whole video, just seeing her hair flop on the floor. Tell you something right now, she come out her new gimmick of Susan G. Coleman, I'm done. But... Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stop myself. <sighs> yeah, that was a terrible story, her just cutting her hair like that. There, there better be a hell of a payoff after this, because Jesus, man. So Ric Flair, good old Ric Flair trademarked the man the quote the man the phrase the man because uh many people were fighting over it taylor swift apparently did a song called the man or something where she's referring to herself as the man which brought offense to becky lynch who calls herself the man and then rick flair said fuck it i'm just gonna trademark it i'm the man and to be the man woohoo you now gotta beat the man in court 
So I don't know how WWE <laughs> and everybody else feel about this. I why can't you, why can't you was, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I planned none of this. I'm just, I literally <laughs> didn't even know the story till we got here. But yeah, apparently that's what he decided to do. Oh, that you was know? great. He said, I'm just going to trademark the man. And now you got to beat the man in court. Woo. You just, you just sound like you thought of it mid-sentence and wasn't ready for it as you thought you'd be. I never <laughs> am. Like, Whoa. I, I never am. You know, it's kind of funny. Was t- Taylor Swift, like from the stuff that I read about her on a regular basis, you would think that she would have made a song called The Men, right? Right, because every so- <laughs> last few songs the bitch has come out with been a breakup. Like, just leave the man alone. Just deal with the men. Jesus Christ. Fucking guaranteed way of success. Just date Taylor Swift and break up to it. You want to be a single? I swear you will. Yeah. So now you got to beat the man legally. Oh God. I know, right? Don't you ruin this for me, Rick? Yeah. You ruin the Becky. Stop it. Yeah. Right. I don't know what he's trying to. Do. Maybe he just maybe he's trying to ruin Taylor Swift and it just Becky's a residual. The trademark Swift. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So as you guys know, Starcast was this past weekend we brought up a couple of times already cm punk was actually a guest there that's right yeah he, he wrestled adam cole no he didn't do that hey, he didn't wrestle anybody he's not gonna wrestle <laughs> not happening. you know there's some people that he perked up right when they get to this party audio <laughs> yeah it's like everybody's waiting for him to <laughs> come back any day now but he did do a promo in the ring prior to starcast to promote the event I mean, for anybody who misses the good old traditional CM Punk promos, you got that to look forward to. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Yeah, it's on Twitter. So just give me a sec to get back to our Twitter. 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 There we go. Should I run the ropes or something? Is that what... No, this is like a raven, right? No, it's, you know what? Everybody sits this way now, right? This doesn't feel right either. This thing hurts. I feel like I'm gonna roll my ankle. I'm winded. Welcome to Starcast. No? What? Hi, everybody. My name's... Should I be Phil or CM Punk? I have no idea what I'm going to say. There's no script. I'm not following a storyline. I'm coming to hang out with some fans. And yes, I'll have a live microphone in my hand. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen. And that's the thing. Every time I have a live microphone in my hand, I never exactly know what's going to say. And it's gotten me in a lot of trouble. Hoping to avoid any kind of trouble come Saturday, but you never can tell. I just took a bump. That's like twenty thousand dollars right there. Thanks, Conrad. Look in my eyes. What do you see? All right. Oh wait, there's actually a legit more. Sorry to inform you all oh. that I have to cancel my upcoming appearance at Starcast. <laughs> That's what everybody does, right? Everybody cancels. Well, I'm not fucking canceling. Because I don't cancel. Because I do what I want. Nobody can tell me where to go, who to work for, 
who to sign autographs for, whether I have to smile to take pictures or not. I will smile because I am actually going to be happy to see you. But I'm not going to cancel, unlike everybody else who's ever done StarCast. I will be there, and I'll see you Saturday. Okay. I was, gonna say, I was waiting for more. I was just like, wait, is there more? <laughs> yeah, like you come back again. By the way, I'm really canceling for StarCraft. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, they got CM Punk over at that StarCast. And uh, he spoke a little bit about his relationship with WWE. And he's quoted as saying, I'm over it. So, he, I guess, has no grudges with them. He says, I'll have a conversation with anybody, but I'm not calling them. Mm. So... Put it down, hit number. I don't think they're calling him either. Triple H can't stand him. Yeah. And then Darren <laughs> Young was also at the event and he spoke a little bit about his situation with Triple H and uh how uh when he was younger, Triple H was one of his favorite wrestlers. And uh that Triple H also screwed him over in a sense, is the way the dirt sheets are phrasing it, because uh he said that uh they took away the cross-faced chicken wing because if you guys recall, there was a thing where Bob Backlund became like Darren Young's like protege or whatever. You know, they did the whole master pupil bullshit. Made Darren Young great again. Right, right. And uh Triple H decided he couldn't do the cross-faced chicken wing because it's a dangerous move and that you can't do it to Randy Orton because he has a bad shoulder. And then Darren Young said, well, he was a grown man and he was crying, I guess, over having the whole angle dropped or whatever. And then later on, he found out that the only reason why they actually did it was because they were saving the cross-faced chicken wing for Asuka. Just huh. uh, stuff you find out at StarCast. <laughs> you know. It's amazing the things that come out to light when they know they can't get in trouble. Yeah, I guess, if you're going to look at it that way. It's just an event, you know, it's a a wrestling event. This might be the last one. Embrace it, man. If you can find footage of it, watch it. Exactly. You know, this is good shit. It's actual good shit. Not Vince good shit. Yeah, real good shit. Vince good shit involves literal talking about shit and booper scoopers. Yeah, you know, so. A lot of, you know, a lot of the big greats that people incorporate with AEW, but it's not really associated. I mean, they work closely together, but it's two completely different things here but yeah. Mick, Mick Foley was there and he actually cuts a Cactus Jack style promo on Kenny Omega which I'm going to let you see oh, here this might be fun. yeah nostalgia nostalgia lift my face up uh, should I go for it alright you know I'll try to be Cactus Jack I'll put my head down as 2019 Mick Foley when I bring it up again I will have transformed into 1995 ECW Cactus Jack No, I'm not there yet. Uh, <laughs> maybe a cactus chant would be good. Ah, it's not meant to happen. But you guys were a great audience. All right, one more try. Kenny Omega, you take great pride in being the greatest wrestler in the world. As a matter of fact, you refer to yourself as the human Modi factory. You can have classic matches with just about anybody. But Kenny, this is where the Modi factory shuts down. Business is about to go into a recession. You are so good, my friend, that you can have a five-star match with a broomstick. Can't you? 
Well, you're looking at a 300-pound broomstick with a bad back and wobbly knees. And I dare you! I defy you to have a good match with me! It can't be done, son! And it won't be done! Because I'm what you might refer to as a triple threat. You can't call a spot backstage with me because I'm going to forget it. You can't call it in the ring because I'm not likely to hear it. And even if I could, we both know, for the love of God, I can't do it. That was great. I love Eagles. I dare you to have a good match with me. Unbelievable. For oh, hey, he still got it. Yeah. He can still be Cactus. Took him a couple of tries, but he got there. Yeah, he needed to charge it up. He's like Genkai without her spirit wave, right? Oh, my God. So was that his Mabu? What was the Mabu? Fuck, I can't remember. Mafu- Mafugan? Mafugan? Mafugan. I guess he could call it that. Or it's his... <laughs> Or it's his mis- his mafucking. <laughs> Man, if that could be him. <laughs> he can't. Can't do it. Oh, he can't do it. Is that his oh. mafucking? <laughs> that is mafucking. Oh. But yeah, we get a little bit more CM Punk because uh, he talked a little bit at StarCast about, uh, I guess at some point The Rock called his phone or some shit. Oh, God. I don't remember exactly hearing what this story was here, but I'll bring it up. All right. So he picks up on it, pulls out his cell phone, brings up your name on the live mic at a WWE show and on a raw taping in Los Angeles in the Staples Center, one of their major markets. I'm sure terror reeks out behind the scenes. And he pulls out his cell phone, he dials your number. Why didn't you pick up? I was in the elevator going to the bottom floor to walk Larry. Your dog, Larry Tell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, this is this is honestly God true fucking story. I was just in the elevator, no reception in the elevator. My phone, no messages. I get in the elevator. It's a really slow elevator, like sixth sixth floor. By the time it gets down, and I walk out, and I walk out the front door of my apartment building, I have eighty seven messages on my phone, and I'm like, the same thing happened to me. I, I think I think somebody's dead. So I'm like. Oh my God, what is going on? What is this strange number? And I just get like number after number on my phone. She's like, answer your phone. Pick up your phone. Why aren't you answering your phone? And I'm like, fuck, who's dead? This sucks. So I get outside and I'm like, Larry's a terror. So I'm like, I got to make sure he's not trying to bite anybody. And I'm like walking and I'm like trying to look at my phone to figure out like what's going on. And that weird number comes up again. And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm trying to answer it, but it's like not going through. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I had no idea what was going on until like I'm done with the walk. And I finally figure out, okay, oh, Rock's calling me live from the Staples Center. Okay, this is fucking weird. And I I started texting him like immediately after that. And he got right back to me. He was like, oh, brother. I was like, I tried to answer. You know, I was outside. I was in an elevator. It just didn't, it just didn't work out. Did you ever hear if they freaked out as everyone assumes that they did like i can't imagine that they disciplined the rock but no, if there was a moment they, and that might have been it see this is the brilliant thing about him this is how smart he is and this is why nobody else in this situation would have been able to do this it's like he recognized that okay these people aren't going to shut up they're not going to stop chanting for cm punk so he he goes along with it and it was 
Fucking brilliant. Because guess what? They got their shot. They finished the fucking thing. And he created a hell of a fucking moment. He made, you know, all the people in the Staples Center feel like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. And it, it, was, it was a cool moment, you know? Um, it's just brilliant. brilliant. It shows you what uh, a fucking smart guy that he is. And yes, I did, I did hear. I was, it was part of the text messages I was getting. A couple people backstage were like, it's crazy back here right now. There's a couple broken headsets. There's shits flying everywhere. I started getting texts, and I'm like, this has to be a joke. There's no way this happened. And then I look on Twitter, and there's, like, clips of him, and I'm like, oh, my God. They are not going to be happy about this. This goes against everything that they want to happen at their shows. Yeah, but it, and it was great, too, because, like, me and him, the next couple of days, like, just traded texts back and forth, and I was just like, hey, man, you know, when you were there, maybe I was, like, a dick to you. I said, but, you know, like, it's politics and, like, you know, and I don't hold any grudges. And he was like, oh, my God, great. He's like, I came back there and, like, it was, I was, it was completely alien to me and I, like, felt weird and I felt bad. And, like, so, like, me and him, like, had a great moment based off of it, too. So, yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he gets on the elevator somebody died. Yeah, well, like, no, up as no, well, right? Dwayne just called you in front of 17,000 people. All right. Well, we can wrap up, I think, with the, uh, we did, what else do we got to do? Still got to talk all out. We got all out and just, that's what I mean. We just can wrap up with the weeklies and the, uh, just talk about the state of things. Yeah. So here we go. Weeklies first, then all out, all out, then weeklies. No, we do the, we're going to definitely do the all out first. Got it. Okay. All right. So all out, they started with their buy-in, which, uh, which I'm liking a lot more every time I see it because it doesn't feel like a pre-show. Yeah, and it never felt like a pre-show to me. I don't know it, why people It, it feels more not even like a pre-show, but kind of like a warm-up to kind of get the blood flow going. Yeah. Which so, is how uh, it's supposed to feel. Like. Yeah, so they had the Casino Battle Royale. Ladies this time. Yeah, this was all of the girls here with the winner being Nyla Rose in this match. And was um, a lemonade machine. Like. Mm-hmm. And this was a bit weird because there was apparently some sort of an issue that happened. A shoot fight broke out as a result of this match, correct? Yeah, I think what was it? It was pre um B Presley and Sadie Presley got into some sort of a thing. I'm not quite understanding what the what the drama was between the two of them. So it almost seems like what it was was um Sadie hit her with a military press and Priestley basically no sold it like she dropped and then just popped right back up like nothing happened but i heard they and i guess as a result of that i heard they had a shoot fight backstage yeah i guess like she noticed it happened and she wasn't happy with her which i mean that is pretty freaking unprofessional just to no sell somebody's move especially a move like that but who knows maybe they just didn't get along from the get-go so. yeah i don't know there was something that happened though that, uh, mm-hmm. can't be doing shit like that about. Yeah, selfie folk. But yeah, it was um really cool detail was to see Jazz in this match. I haven't seen Jazz in years. Yeah, good old ECW Jazz. Holy shit! I when they said Jazz, I was like, what? I was like, who else in the business named Jazz? Oh no, that's Jazz. Yeah, but um, it was pretty cool. We got to see some of the new faces. Uh, Tennille Dashwood showed up. Eva Lise, who I was, I couldn't wait to see, showed up um, in the Battle Royale as well. And like I was saying before, Nyla Rose, the girl was a machine. She eliminated her first whole group. 
Like she yeah. was by herself at one point in the ring. Yeah, I'm trying to find this song. Let me see if this is it here. I'm trying to find because she shared a video of whatever the hell the incident was. On the apron, still fighting off attackers coming from all angles. Yeah. But Nyla Rose again dumps Allie to the floor, ending her evening. Now Sadie Gibbs, Springboard, Larry, and takes down Nyla Rose. The shit larger, Jesus. Hey, uh, come on, man. Yeah, no, I don't know. Weird. I'll try to get it larger and see if I could uh get something up there for you guys. Cause yeah, apparently they got into a straight up shoe fight. I don't know if anybody got into like some serious trouble for it, but um, something happened there. Right. Yeah, I think we got it bigger now, so we could take a better look at what the hell this was. Yeah, there we go. He had to sell out. Interesting. Yeah, she dropped and did not sell out. People get into shoot fights. Come on, grow up. All you gotta do is just sell. <laughs> anyway, where are we in this pay-per-view? So, yeah, we're um pretty much just talking stuff that happened in the Battle Royale. Yeah, actually wound up coming down to... um. Nyla Rose and Dr. Britt Baker DND, which was good to see Britt back because mm-hmm. after that scary thing with uh fight for the fallen, she looked she looked healthy tonight. They looked like they were being a little careful with her, like kind of trying to be a little careful of her head, but besides that, she looked good. Yeah, plus they don't want to overwork these girls. Oh, yeah, you, you don't want to push everybody too hard, mm-hmm. but um, they could have coincided like they do with all the. Casino Battle Royales, they throw out a Joker, which this time it was it was uh, Mercedes Martinez got the Joker and probably one of the loudest pops of the whole group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now with her win, Nyla Rose goes to her hometown to challenge uh, for the AEW Women's Championship. Yeah, like I said, I thought it was a really good, uh, solid warm-up to the show. It doesn't feel like a pre-show when you're watching these. Uh, it really just felt like, all right, let's get the blood flow going. Let's get everybody ready for the craziness. But yeah, it was, and I mean, that's a good sized roster of women they got. So they got plenty to work with. There's a lot of, there's a lot of competition in that whole roster. I mean, even ODB making an appearance was actually really fun because I haven't seen her wrestle in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool stuff. So much to it, though. So the next buy-in match before the paper officially starts is the private party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. Or as I call it, the video game match, because Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, the finish of this one, it was, it was uh, Isaiah Cassidy. I want to say that's the one without the funny looking hair. Mm-hmm. He hit 
both in Helico and Jack Evans with back to back poison ranas. Yeah, and then, and they then the as gin and juice. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, the gin and juice want to be in the finisher, which is uh, it's basically almost like that version of the hair, the hurricane we see from Matt Seidel, where he jumps from the ring straight into it and then straight into a cutter for the win. Yeah, good stuff. Really yeah, cool that, this. I don't know where I have never seen these private party guys before, but I'm sad that I didn't now because these guys are ridiculous. Like all four of these are extremely athletic wrestlers. So to see them do everything they did was probably the most fun I've seen in a, in one of these casino buying matches. I was, oh my God, it was crazy. Yeah. And then after that, we had uh SCU against Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and the sidekicks, sidekick, as, as, as she <laughs> calls him, Marco Stunt. Oh, shit. With, uh, basically, SCU goes over here. With a double celebrity rehab on Stunt and Jungle Boy. Yeah, best mouser ever uh, to finish. It was quite a fun match. Really entertaining. Marco Stunt got his shit in. Uh, and he, and they, they sold good for him, right? Mm-hmm. Source is a freak, so I mean, yeah, I did like that. Uh, that triple team with Marco Stunt ending it with the DDT. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, all good stuff here. Oh yeah, I mean they they hit the jackpot with Luchasaurus. Yeah, big smart guy. What Vince has to be for? kicking his ass three times over for not getting a hold of him for keeping him in developmental and shitting on. He was there before, you know. Yeah. So. That I mean, another, I've never seen a hot tag so good from a big band. Like another NXT guy that fell through the cracks. Look at him now. Yeah, Kenny Omega went up against Pac. With Pac actually going over Kenny Omega. Yeah, the submission you know? known as the Brutalizer choked yeah. out Kenny while he was standing up. Choked Kenny Omega unconscious. Like and, that's uh, that that's quite a that's quite a, a homecoming right there. That's a welcome for you. Yeah, it. If this was, and I said this in the chat room when we were watching it, if this was Raw, I'd be worried. But based on the history of the booking in AEW, this is clearly developing into some sort of an actual storyline. Like Pac, you know, like they're gonna do something here. You know what I mean? It's not just like they jobbed out Omega. They emphasized how he wasn't focused during this match and he was making mistakes. Like it's leading somewhere. So I don't feel like, oh man, they jobbed Omega and Pac just got here. It's like this is leading into some sort of a storyline. I think that's going to be cool. I know. Yeah, there was a purpose here. Yeah, and, and I also mentioned Pac's lucky that he didn't kingdom himself when he did that thing where he hit his feet on the railings coming over. Ooh, that scared me. Because I, yeah. I heard his leg hit that barricade. And I was like, oh, God, not again. Yeah, nah, you don't want to have that. But he was okay, though. Yeah, nah, he was okay. He looks great. He. <laughs> Yeah, he's in fantastic shape. Like, what a waste that uh, they managed to let him go when he was Neville. You know, like, what an absolute waste. Yeah. They had gold there. He was unstoppable as Cruiserweight Champion. Like. Mm-hmm. So what was next? Darby Allen's match? Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela? The Crackle Barrel Clash, Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc. These guys were just throwing their bodies around. <laughs> Like they were just cracker barreling the shit out of each other. Yeah, the coffin drop where Darby had the barrel behind him was the most bananas thing I've ever seen in my life. He, oh my god, 
What was it? At one point, um, they tied early in the match. They tied Havoc to a chair, and then they put tacks in his mouth and then taped his mouth. That was uncomfortable then, to watch because the whole time they're wrestling, all I was thinking about was the fact that he's still taped there with tacks in his mouth. Right? It's like, it is. It's kind of funny. It's a death match Christmas because it's three guys who don't care what happens to them as long as everything's still moving afterwards. This was a war. The way these guys were fighting and throwing each other around, the way these guys were viciously attacking everything. Darby Allen hitting, what was it, Janela over the back, and then ollieing onto his back with that skateboard with thumbtacks on the bottom. Like, Yeah, like, holy crap. Jimmy Havoc yeah. doing his old uh, paper cut spot that we've heard about before. Yeah, the whole flipping powerbomb Janela with, Dar- with Darby Allen. Um, through the table, basically through the table, you know what I mean? Or Janela when he, uh, when he went to the other side of the ring and, uh, and then he flipped off the top rope and no one was there, you know, and he just fucking, oh, that like thug he, was like horrible. he, like he was dead. I thought he was unconscious for me. I was like, holy shit, did the guy knock himself out? Like, what, <laughs> what in the world? He bounced. <laughs> it wasn't a big body bounce. bounce. How do you do that? Like, how do you do that? I don't understand. You know, like I don't even say it was all right after that. That looked rough, man. It looked like it. it, it that looked like you planned that spot out, knowing that there is no good way you can come out of that. You know, we had battles with biscuits and stuff. I mean, literal cracker barrels. Screw Jimmy Havoc to know. start off the match, stable himself twice. You know, skateboard attacks, skateboards with tacks, skateboard attacks with tacks. <laughs> You know, Jimmy like, Havoc hit that. Jimmy <laughs> Havoc hit Janela with that acid rainmaker onto the second cracker barrel. Like, yeah, no, they they were not playing around with this match. <laughs> this was like violent as all hell. If you like violent <laughs> matches, this was it. Jimmy Havoc goes over. You know, he hits that acid rainmaker through the cracker barrel. Okay, this is. <laughs> I never associate cracker barrel with violence till this day. This is crazy <laughs> shit here, man. <laughs> It was fun to watch. That's the best part about it. Every there were several spots that they scared me where I just thought they died. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's like AEW is going to get such a bad rap now that these guys died. <laughs> Killed all guys left <laughs> and right. Like, oh was, god! But it, it was too much. It it was fun because it was exactly what I expected from those three. Yeah, I mean, I, wow. I said from I said before. I think it was when. I think it was um when Moxley and Janela had their match. I was like, wait, him, Darby Allen, and Jimmy Havoc are all under the same roof. And they did not waste time pulling the trigger on that. Yeah, no. After a while, it's like, I don't even understand how they were able to clean all that up. Right? Was Everything like, was gone the next match. Like, it looked like a riot happened. <laughs> like, imagine someone who doesn't know anything. Like, if you just, like, clean the concession stand through a janitor, you look at it and be like, what the fuck happened? Right. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what did you do? This is like unexplainable. Like why would there be cracker barrels shattered everywhere along with biscuits? Right. You know, like, right. why are there biscuits all over the floor covered in blood? Is this a thumbtack and a biscuit? What the you fuck? Know, is that a thumbtack stuck to a biscuit? A blood stained <laughs> biscuit? What the fuck happened? Could that be the <laughs> thumbtack and a biscuit? You know what? Write it down. <laughs> you know, like think about that, man. Like it's just a strange <laughs> scenario. I hadn't seen many things like that, you know, and that's when you know you're watching good wrestling when you haven't seen anything like that before. Like, hmm. I hope they don't do it too often, though. I don't recommend yeah, don't do it. <laughs> right, you know. That's not safe. You save that for just the pay-per-views, maybe, but no. You... Yeah. 
So then we had the best friends against the Dark Order with those putties, those super putties that they come out with, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some mean-ass putties. Those are putties where you got to hit the Z on them now. Yeah, the Dark Order goes over here. Yeah, surprisingly. But then again, I guess it's because we know best friends a lot more than we know them. So this is more of like um like a show out for them. Yeah, they hit the, uh, I guess they call it the fatality on Trent. Yeah. Alright, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't really, I don't like when people look like the same person because then I can't really call too much of what I saw because you all look like the same shit. Like, they just look like a bunch of guys dressed in gimp outfits. Uh, right. You know? Like, I don't but like the cool the thing was, I believe, what happened after the mask. Yeah, they were about to beat down, they were about to basically kick his ass when, uh, all of a sudden, Orange Cassidy pops up to save the, the, the best friends. I don't know how that's amazing, but I guess in some weird way it is. I mean, uh, you, you tell me what's more amazing than a man who gets his suicide dive with his hands in his pockets. Yeah, so Orange Cassidy comes out not really caring too much what's going to happen either way and casually just fights the Dark Order with his casual kicks while his hands are in his pocket and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> You know, he hits his hands in his pocket, dive on the freaking putties on the outside. And then he gets back in the ring, still not really caring too much about what's going on with his hands in the pockets. And the best friends hug him. So now they have a new <laughs> hey, friend. His still in his pockets. They have a new friend, Orange Cassidy, who doesn't really care too much about anything. Yeah, man, Orange Cassidy got that pocket swag. <laughs> so that is very, very unique. It's different. <laughs> Very, very strange. You know what the funny thing is? I like him because I feel like only he could pull that off. Anybody else tries to get away with just hands in the pockets, it wouldn't work. When I first saw it, it was so weird that I just took for granted it was a one-off. Like, I never thought I would see it again. (laughs) Yeah, like when he did it, um, what was it, All In? Was the first time I think we saw him? Yeah, and then after that, was like, is this the same footage? Is this guy going to keep doing this? (laughs) It's like, nope, this is the gimmick. shit. (laughs) It's that pocket swag, I'm telling you. Yeah, but now they have best friends. They may have lost a match, but they gained the friend in Orange Cassidy. Fresh squeezed. They gained a fresh squeezed friend. There you go. A fresh squeezed friend. Write that shit down. There you go. You There it is. Ding the ding. No more debate. Well, we just have to find the picture of Orrin Cassidy sitting in the ring. Okay. You know, or the ketchup. Squire sent me some a ketchup screenshot for the charisma. The, I mean, it's perfect. Everything working up her. We need the ketchup oh, and Orrin Cassidy, gosh. a fresh squeezed friend. <laughs> and you know what the funny? I like him. Like, I just, it was like I said, like, who else could get a reaction by doing stuff and just having your hands in your pockets? Like, yeah. that's some serious talent to be able to get a react, because that crowd popped. Good old orange. <laughs> oh, man. What I in the world? See you later. <laughs> so, the next we had Riho versus Hikaru Shida. Yep, this match was to determine the other half of the women's title match, Nyla Rose's opponent in Washington, D.C. Which Riho goes over, making a Nyla Rose versus Riho on October 2nd, first episode of AEW. Yeah, this oof, that, that's going to be quite the fight because these girls put on quite a show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very cool sequences here. I like Rio's uh, countering the brain buster, and uh, but then Sheeta still manages to just power through and hit her with it regardless. 
I thought that was really cool. Um, Rio hitting that cross body and then, uh, she were attempting to stretch muffler. Uh, and then, uh, Riho reversing it into the 619. Really cool. Really good sequences with these people. Awesome stuff. Great match. Yeah. And, and we did even get a look at the, the AEW women's title, which looks really good. It looks like a regular title. It doesn't look like a title for chicks. This looks like a title. Yeah. It looks like you. It looks like if they, if I didn't tell you that was a women's championship, you wouldn't know. Yeah. And the best part is, it's not an exact clone of the AEW World Title, just a different color. <laughs> yeah. And then we got Cody Rhodes against Sean Spears. Yeah. Which which uh, poor Pharaoh scared by the pyro. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Pharaoh didn't like it, and Cody and them, and Cody and Brandy also did not like it. Like, yeah, I don't think Pharaoh, they, like after the pyro came out. Pharaoh came out and he was trying to run to the back. Like he, he was not having it. <laughs> Pyro scared the shit out of him is what happened. <laughs> and uh yeah, from what I'm hearing, they don't like that happening, so they probably won't bring him out anymore. Like I guess yeah. they were really concerned with him. Like Cody wasn't comfortable the last time. So he certainly wasn't comfortable this time. I mean the last time he handled it a lot better, but then again, the last time there wasn't a bunch of pyro. I mean those so, pyros yeah. are scary as hell when you're not expecting them. Oh, dude, the first time I went to a wrestling event, I had time the pyro in my, I still wasn't, I still had been watching long enough to time the pyro in my head. Like, I remember Jericho's pyro scared the bejesus out of me. Like, you, you forget how much louder it is than when you're watching on TV when you haven't gone for a while. But yeah, when that it, pyro hits, that's the scariest shit in the world. And it has like, it's not just audio, like it has a physical like impact. Yeah. No, you feel it. It, 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 it you feel it through your whole body. I'll never forget the first time I was in a, at a SmackDown and Batista's pyro went off. I felt my knee shaking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Ridiculous. Not I, it. I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine what poor Pharaoh went through back there here, hearing all those explosions going off. And then he has to walk towards them. Yeah. No, he was like, screw this. I'm out of he, here. He was, he was not having fun whatsoever. They tried to keep him calm, too. But he just he wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Winner of this is Cody Rhodes via Bionic Elbow, Disaster Kick, Crossroads. Disaster Kick to a chair on top of that. Yeah. Beautiful combination. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the match. It was started out quite, started out pretty crazy. They went immediately into the crowd. Definitely did a good job of carrying how much they like each other. Mm hmm. MJF, like one thing I liked that was a cool storytelling detail was um, MJF with his, ex- his inexperience of being on a manager role, he kept making mistakes. Like yeah, he, and then he on the other hand, uh, wrong times. Yeah, and then on the other hand, you had Tully Blanchard, who's more experienced helping out Sean Spears, aka Ty Dillinger, and uh, of course the big pop at the end of this was when Tully Blanchard is uh is at ringside Arn Anderson does a run in on behalf of Cody and uh he winds up hitting Sean Spears with a spine buster and Tully's at ringside and he looks at Arn Anderson and he's just like what are you doing and like Arn sort of has this look like no fuck that and he sort of marches off after hitting the spine buster and that Tully was all right all, spine buster yeah of course it was it was Arn Anderson <laughs> what the fuck do you mean it was an all right spine buster it, it, it's just like at his age I didn't know you could still hit it like that like yeah, what 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 else do you think was gonna happen if you have Arn Anderson hit a spine buster? It's gonna be damn right. But yeah, so that happened, and then Tully just has this look like, oh, but I did like that. I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, it, it was cool to see. I think it's because I haven't seen him do one in so long. It was one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if he could hit it like he did. And then he hit that yeah. full flesh. But and, and Sean sold the shit out of it. Like, yeah, that's really cool, man. Good stuff going on here. You see what I mean? Look yeah. at how, how uh, it's just fun, you know? It's see, good old that's fun. how that's how you bring a legend in for a spot and not make it shit. Because yeah. there was no indication that was going to happen. But that, but that's also how you use legends. Like I like having a storyline in 2019 that has involvement with the four horsemen without them needing to go out there and be used in like weird ways. Like this makes sense. It feels organic to have this, you know, Sean Spears does make a really good old school style heel and having somebody like Tully with him sort of adds the correct kind of flavor, you know, and then Arn coming out for Cody, just the whole thing just felt correct, you know, Cody coming out with his family, you know what I mean, like coming out with Brandy and with his dog and with uh with MJF and with DDP and I, I just think I like the way that this product is put together and the different uh, twists and turns and personalities and contrast with people, you know so yeah everything came together perfectly for this match mm-hmm. so then we have pentagon jr and phoenix the lucha brothers defending against the young bucks and not just a ladder match but an escalera de la muerte a ladder death match yeah a violent wow. as hell match the one spot what's that spot where uh Nick Jackson, I believe, is he the one who fell wrong? Like he hit the ropes on the way, falling off the he ladder. He got to go tipped off the a ladder, and his ankles clipped the ropes, and he and went he like head and shoulder badly. first. He fell really badly, man. He's lucky he didn't kill himself. And on top of that, Matt didn't get Matt got it even worse. Matt fell in fall on when the ladder got tipped over. Matt landed on the ladder. Yeah, no, like they these. both. These guys took some dangerous bumps, man. It's not worth it. I mean, Pentagon pulling off something I didn't even think was physically possible, a sling blade from a ladder. Yeah. Like, he he aimed around the ladder and caught it with a sling blade. Yeah, no, they did some really, really crazy stuff here, man. What a weekend. What I mean, it was all one night, but it felt like a weekend, you know? Like, what an incredible show. It's kind of funny. One of my favorite uh, spots in the match Mainly because it's one that I've always had an issue with WWE doing was um when Matt ripped off Pentagon's mask. You see yeah. WWE do that all the time, and it never goes somewhere. They did that, but they tried to kill him for that because they he ripped off his mask. I like how they constantly play it where it's like get the cameras off of Pentagon. But when Pentagon got his mask back on, a ladder that was propped up between the ring apron and the barricade, they decided to go for that uh, spike package pile driver and finish him off for the match. Yeah. Like that that that's the receipt luchadors need to give when you disrespect their culture like that. Because for yeah. people who don't know, that's the ultimate sign of disrespect is rip somebody's mask off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the way that it was handled and I like that the Lucha Brothers still go over. Yeah, but the party was not over because we heard the talk and we got the answer because two men in president masks shows up and they decided to clean house, wiping out uh, both the Lucha Brothers. And it didn't hit or no, it didn't hit me who it was until they went for that power bomb blockbuster known as the Street Sweeper. Yeah, because yeah. Santana I, I totally... and Ortiz show up. I totally thought it was Chuck and Billy. (laughs) 
Like I was sitting here like Chuck and Billy. Wow. Oh god. But it was LAX. Yeah, Santana and Ortiz made their choice and they decided they wanted to keep beating the best tag team on the planet. They well, one of the best, but I mean that opens up a huge wave if these guys have shown up because now that's another top tag team in this company. Yeah. And um, and the Lucha Brothers and LAX have gone at it before. There was a lot of speculation that they were going to show up in WWE, and that's clearly not the case here. And for anyone that didn't get to watch the pay-per-view, here is just a small clip of the debut, and we'll share it on social media for those on the mind. I always love how you don't get to see it in that clip how hype Santana gets. <laughs> like Santana was the most hype of that group. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so happy those two are here. Cause that's good. That that kicks this tag team up to all this tag team division up to a whole new level. Yeah, definitely. It's good to have these guys around. And yeah. uh they changed their apparently they made new Twitter accounts. They deleted the old ones from what I'm hearing, and they're being called PNP, which we're being here. It's being reported that it means proud and powerful. Yeah, I know. I know. I heard something about the name change. I still don't remember what it stood for, but yeah, because apparently Tony Khan made a point of saying that LAX didn't debut last night in AEW. Ortiz and Santana did, so I guess they're not going to be using LAX. They're going to be using PNP. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Fresh start for them. Yeah, but of the, course the. The main it's event? Gonna be, what was that? No, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, it's just it opens up a lot now because they've talked about this tag team tournament that's coming up. Now you have three top dog tag teams that are probably all going to be in that tournament fighting for those new tag titles. Like yeah. AEW's tag team division is going to be insane. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see exactly what else happens. Now, here's my question. I was thinking about this um, not too long after the event ended. When it comes to this thing between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, their last three times they fought, Lucha Brothers have won twice now. And we've seen how much the crowd adores them. Could the Lucha Brothers stake the claim as right now being the best tag team? Uh... I mean, it's definitely debatable between them and the Bucks, for sure. Yeah, it's a tough call to make. I mean, not many people have been able to beat the Bucks as many times as they have. And the crowd is so behind. I mean, Pentagon had to have done that Sarah Miodo chain at least four or five times. The crowd never got bored with it. You're specifically talking NXT, though, right? Oh, no. I'm, I'm, oh, no, I'm talking about, like, when it comes to the I just, mean, I'm sorry, AEW. I mean, yeah, it seems at least with AEW, because that seems to be where some of the best teams are going. Yeah. Because I don't know, I've had this weird thing with NXT and just the WWE in general. It seems like that's not the place for the best tag teams anymore. It and if you're it. the best before you go there, you're not the best anymore. I don't know. Like I said, Red Dragon's always been my favorite current tag team as far as the best of all time. They're kind of nerfed in NXT, but more because of the way the product is paced. And even then, yeah. that's they're the tag champs right now. Spoiler alert, but I mean, hey, that yeah. episode aired already. But exactly. the point being, Red Dragon was, was the New Japan IWGP tag champs. You know what I mean? They were the, you know, the Ring of Honor tag champs. They were known all over. And that was a great team when they were doing their indie loops. And now they're in NXT, but... I still feel like in a world where Red Dragon, aka Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish were still were around, people like the Young Bucks 
uh, you know, and the Lucha Brothers, it will be questionable. It will be the greatest matches we've ever seen. Unfortunately, oh, it's sweet that we're not going to get those now. But uh, they, they're still, it will be a three-way for me. Those are my three picks as the top three best tag teams currently. Yeah, it, it, it's just the fact that when, once they get, it's WWE the way their product is, that at least for me, it takes Red Dragon out of the conversation. Because you take that element away, they're right up there with the Lucha Brothers, with L- with uh, now PNP, with the Bucks, with a lot of these other tag teams we're seeing now. Yeah, I see what you mean. But uh, yeah, no, this was definitely uh, incredible, incredible stuff. Nothing like it. Wild, one of the most wild ladder matches. Those ladders did not budge an inch. <laughs> nope. There were a few times where I'm like, man, I bet those went with those WWE ladders. Yeah, nah, these were they, the they went deal. through probably what five, six tables in total. Just you fix your house with the stuff that they were going through. <laughs> this was real shit from like Home Depot and Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Home Depot in Chicago, Illinois, right now. Like we better get a hell of a plug. There were no, there were no work tables. <laughs> <laughs> you see those ladders? They came from us. Shoot ladders. <laughs> that was literally shoots and ladders. Yeah. Like oh my god! Oh. Yeah, that match was unbelievable. Yeah, and that brings us to, I believe, the main event, right? The main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship: Hangman Adam Page versus the Alpha Chris Jericho. Hmm. Yeah. With uh, surprisingly to me, the person going over and becoming the first ever AEW champion, Chris Jericho. Yeah, with uh, going over with that new Judas effect, which for me, I was I was kind of iffy on the Judas effect until I saw the way it was done this particular time. If you're gonna have a move like a spinning back elbow, that's the way you do it because when he did it against Omega, he built it up. That move needs to literally be a snap move because what the whole premise that the spinning back elbows always worked on, whether you've seen John Jones do it, Jose Aldo, any of those guys, it's always worked on the premise of it's the shot you don't see coming that knocks you out. And and Hangman Page did not see that one coming. Yeah, no, he did not. See, like if you're going to do it, that's the proper way you do it, because that one looked good. It's when he still, did it against Omega, it didn't look good. It's just a weird finisher, though. It still just sort of bugs me, honestly. Yeah, I, I feel where you're coming from, though. It's like just when you go not from- a good move, you know? It's just like, no matter how he sells it or what he does, it's ugly that Chris Jericho has decided that he's going to use a back elbow. It's just yeah. ugly, you know? Yeah, you, you can't really go from... Stuff like the lion tamer and the lion salt and the code breaker to then a spinning back elbow. Yeah, and Omega really laid in those V triggers. They look wonderful as always. Oh yeah, his yeah Jericho was Jericho and Paige. They beat that. I haven't seen Jericho bleed that much in a long time. Yeah, same here. That was that was bloody in the beginning. He definitely went out his way to wipe it all over his face when it first happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean the ref of uh, that night, God, I can't her name escapes me. She made history, being the first ever female referee to ref a, a world title main event. Uh-huh. And now, and now, do that. She's on. She's in AEW full time now. So congratulations to her. 
Oh, but this yeah, was incredible. yeah, an absolutely incredible match. One of my favorite uh, spots because I didn't see it coming was when Paige I think went for that buckshot lariat and got caught immediately into a cold breaker. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Um, yeah, no, the chemistry with these two guys was really good. Like I said, the only thing that bothered me was just the fact that this guy. Uh, I guess they needed the star power of somebody like Jericho being the champion, but it's like I thought Adam Page was going to be the one. Like he was coming in on a horse and shit. Yeah, uh, which apparently, from what I've heard, he named the horse. I shit you not, Hunter Horse Helmsley. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> I was like, that's wonderful. Hunter Horse Helmsley. That horse guy. Was su- that horse was surprisingly calm too. Like I was waiting for any man for that horse to just go ape shit. Like I don't know if that was just me, but maybe it's because I live in the south. I don't know, but yeah, this is part of the post show of Jericho we have up on the screen now. Isn't it funny? How whenever somebody wins a world championship, there's always a standing ovation, champagne, roses, flowers. Yet I got a whole backstage area filled with mutes. Nobody can believe that Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Pure silence. There's no thank you for Chris Jericho. There's no round of applause for Chris Jericho. But that's okay, because I got my own thank you, because I'm the first AEW champion. Oh, you see that, Bucks? Chris Jericho, the first champ. How apropos, isn't it? Yeah, thanks. That's all you're going to say? Yeah, no thank you from the Young Bucks? Is that what you really want? You just want to thank you? You just want the title. You know what? You know what? Even if you did thank me, I wouldn't even accept it. Okay? Congratulations on having Chris Jericho as the new AEW champion. The pleasure is all yours, Bucky boys. Huh? You can be quiet. All you be quiet. Look at you. Nice hair, idiot. What's your name? I don't care. Shut your mouth. All the cops can't believe it. Paramedics. Huh? Where were you when I was bleeding to death? Standing around like a bunch of morons. Look at you, giant idiot. What's your name? First AEW champion. And the whole city of Chicago, the loudest city in the world, renowned for being the best wrestling crowd in the world. Everyone's silent. No one knows what to say. Because Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. Look at this, a whole other round. All you guys can stand in the back of the line. All of you. Look at you. Librarian, you can tell me to shush. Up yours. Scorpio Sky, you'll never get a shot at this. You hear me? None of you guys. Idiots. All right. I guess I'll just have to have my own celebration, won't I? Since nobody else seems to be here. That's fine. I'm an only child. I got no problem celebrating by myself. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Cheap salami. That's what Chris Jericho gets. Bunch of uh, he doesn't like the salami. Look at this. Look, this all is nothing in there. And you look at this one. There's a little guy. Doesn't look in there. terrible. Can't even get proper olives, can ya? What else we got? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. You want some bubbly? Look at this stuff, huh? He is bruised. He is bloody. He is somewhat insane. He is Chris Jericho, but he is our first. All of you get the general point. Although he said, "I yeah. want some bubbly." <laughs> yeah, he's good at healing it up, and that's exactly oh, what they need. And apparently The Rock watched All Out and enjoyed it, huh? Yeah. They can't tell The Rock not to mention All Out, can they? Right. They don't want him to not show up. Yeah. Maybe he'll show up over there. (laughs) Oh, my God. They'd hate that shit, wouldn't they? Vince would shit bricks three times over. Yeah, The Rock's had so much fun for the crowd. Double A, spine on the pine, no one better, and great call. Getting props from The Rock. Yeah. I have that tweet up now. 
And you know what's awesome about it? The one that The Rock shared has the spot in it. <laughs> so we can look at the Arn Anderson Spinebuster. What makes Labor Day better than getting to look at an Arn Anderson Spinebuster from 2019? Find me right. something. Nothing. There is nothing. beautiful good stuff Ooh. really where good. else you can see a good old double a's fine bust except in good old aw yep all right we're going a little late on this one but that's okay because we had a lot to talk about with two pay-per-views now we could just end it with just discussing some smackdown and some raw real quick uh smackdown basically starts with kofi kingston in the ring and he's uh you know back and forth with randy orton and uh, basically, I don't even remember what exactly happened there. I think it was just some back and forth promo, right? Yeah, and, I uh, think. Um, and then, Randy. then basically, oh yeah, that's right. Or doesn't Orton say something about how he uh he gets a letter from Kofi's son Kai in regards yeah. to uh, not wanting to hurt his dad, and he's gonna go talk to Kai himself. So Kofi runs backstage in order to stop this, and Orton's back there, and the two of them get into like one of those big brawls, and uh. You know, they had to separate them, all of that kind of shit. Oh, yeah, you know, all that good stuff. Orton hits the DDT off of the table and so on and so forth. And then later on, Big E is going to have a match against him, so that's going to come into full circle. We get Ali against Buddy Murphy, with the winner being Mustafa Ali. So as much as the people think Buddy Murphy's getting a push, they still have their faith in Mustafa Ali. Well, they ain't the king of the ring, so it's not like it was anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh Basically, we have um, Miz challenges Nakamura for the IC title. Sami Zayn comes out with him. Uh, basically, they wind up uh, having Nakamura and Zayn beat up the Miz. Again. Yet again. And uh, yeah, that was it. It was just the same, pretty much the same wash, rinse, and repeat as last time. Yeah. Elias saw. Uh, is playing his guitar. Kevin Owens comes in to look for Shane. He says that Shane isn't there. That's all that happens in regards to that. Bailey has a match against Lacey Evans, in which Bailey goes over. Evans hits a neckbreaker, but Bailey winds up countering that. Um, she winds up countering Lacey's roll up, and she hits uh, Belly to Bailey, ugly one, you know. And then her Macho Man elbow drop for the win. You know. Kind of interesting how the Bailey to Bailey was the follow up was a setup move for the elbow because of you see how it looks because it always looks ugly. Yeah, can't have an ugly finisher. May as well give her the elbow. Randy Orton fights against Big E. Of course, Orton goes over here, and then after the revival, get in the ring and they beat up Big E, and then they hit him with that triple team RKO. Um, we wind up getting one of those twenty four seven segments because Elias comes out and he's cutting a promo about the King of the Ring. You know, and then Kevin Owens sneaks up behind Elias and then uh, winds up catching a stunner. And then R-Truth comes and tries to pin Elias, but then Drake winds up pulling him off and he pins him instead. So then Drake Maverick winds up escaping and he's once against the 24-7 champion. Shelton Benjamin has a match against Chad Gable with Chad Gable going over. He hits a sunset flip pin to go over. 
Uh, and then finally we get the ending, which is Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, who uh, basically it's revealed that Eric Rowan was the guy that was in the background. They show video of backstage and uh which is stupid because it's literally the the footage of Roman Reigns when the stuff gets pushed over, but it's reshot this time without looking as corny as the original time, and they just put Rowan in the background of it, you know. And then Daniel Bryan slaps the shit out of him when they see the new footage. He starts slapping. I'm like, "You lied to me. I don't want to be associated with you. You lied." And then, yeah, and then he walks to the ring and like walks in the ring and walks right into Roman's spear to end the show. So I don't know where the storyline is going. I mean, and the obvious point would be that it was Daniel Bryan all along who put Rowan up to it, and he was just lying when 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 Rowan got caught and slapped him, and that was all an act. But that would just be corny if that's all that it really led to. Like, I want this to lead to something bigger, right? But who knows? Well, you know, like like give me something crazy. Tell me it was like Roman's kid on a double dime. Like, I wanted you home, Dad. Like, or something like. No, don't give me that either. <laughs> Why do I have to pick and choose between those things? You know, that's the better choices out there. <laughs> I mean, every, right? everything's better than fake Rowan. Let's be really okay. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to Raw, they open up with the Rollins and Strowman contract signing. And then AJ Styles interrupts that after a little bit of banter between the two of them because he's pissed that Braun gets the shot. You know, and he sort of imitates Braun's voice and like, you know, he's like, why? Because Braun likes nice things or whatever. And he basically says that, uh, it seems that around here, anyone, all you have to do to get a title shot is just look at a championship. And then he tells the good brothers, don't look at my championship. And they both look like, no, no, don't look at my championship because that's all it takes. You know, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty much that for that. We basically, this culminates into, uh, some sort what was the match here that ends with everyone beating up Strowman? You know, do, like do, Ziggler do wanna, Rude. It do was wanna like, be in a tag team match between the Good Brothers and um Rollins and Strowman. Right. And, I guess right. I, and then at the end Ziggler winds up coming and joining and everyone just winds up beating up Strowman and, and Rollins. The OC, Rude, Ziggler, like all of the teams are beating these two guys up. And uh you guys were complaining about this somewhat in the chat room, and I remember my response was, I just said, I've been having clean matches all week and with NXT UK and with the AEW All Out, and um, I'm fine with this. Just give me some good fucking guys fucking each other up. You know, I'm fine. I have my fill of technical wrestling for the week, almost nine hours of it. Nothing with some good old 90s style stable warfare, you know, like we're just with a bunch of guys beating each other. It was a brawl. Somebody got jumped. Like, that's cool. That's also wrestling. Like, wrestling's what we like, but wrestling's also that, right? Wrestling has these stables and guys getting jumped and shit happening. That's part of the game, you know? And as far as Rude goes, like I said before, the Rude thing is the only weird part, but that literally just looks like they wanted somebody to be part of this heel group that doesn't suck. And that was a guy who fit that <laughs> yeah. criteria. Yeah. So they put him there. That was the only part that was weird for me. It was just like, why the fuck is Rude here? Like, because they were like, hmm, who on this list doesn't suck? How about that guy? He's not doing anything. He doesn't suck. We're guaranteed to have a guy that doesn't suck and we need a group. Boom. That's how you do it. And it worked. You know, and I don't yeah. mind them doing the jumping thing there. You know, the OC also backstage beats up Cedric. I guess Cedric is just sort of being funneled into the baby faces. And uh, Ziggler and Rude wind up having a match against the Edgeheads. Um, what do you think happened? Yeah, exactly. What do you think happened? There was a botch <laughs> with Ryder clotheslining Ziggler over the rope, and just as in character, Ziggler couldn't get over. And uh, But Ziggler and Rude wind up... <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, but just like in, but, but Ziggler and Rude do wind up going over here at least in this in this match. <laughs> Stupid. 
<laughs> just yeah. like you can't. And I caught it late. That's the best part. Like he just couldn't get over, man. No matter how many, no matter who's in the ring, he can't get over. Yeah. So Lacey has a match against Natalia. Um, Lacey winds up winning off of the women's right, off of a distraction. You know, I did like the part where Natty's um, stomping Lacey. She's like, you nasty bitch. Oh, my God. That was uh, terrible. Sasha and Becky have their promos, uh, you know, back and forth with uh, Becky calling her a blue hair freak and a whole bunch of other stuff. Sasha's saying that the only reason why Becky managed to get a push is because Nia Jax broke her face, which the crowd reacted to with a lot of heat. Um, Corbin goes over Cedric for the King of the Ring. Bailey for the first time in her entire career, and I noted it as it happened. I couldn't believe it. Not only did she look pretty, but she had a whole new code of confidence, and she actually had a good promo. When I was listening to it, I was like, this is really interesting. This isn't your regular Bailey stuff here. Like, she looks different. She has a veil of confidence and almost condescendence on her. I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm like, you know what? This is 100%. Go back and watch it, anyone who didn't catch this, and go look at that Bailey that was giving that promo and it looked like she they really reworked her like it was it was hidden all the time but i was very impressed with the way she sounded and i'm thinking to myself hmm, good promo you know they finally molded her into being the uh the babyface champion she needs to be to be continued yeah. war raiders beat up some jobbers nobody cares Ricochet fights against Joe. It ends with, with like, uh, I don't know what the hell was that, like a superplex spot that they both wind up doing off of the top um, there. And then it was well, basically not even a... Joe had uh, Ricochet in the clutch, and Ricochet just had pushed him backwards. Yeah. So it looked like it was meant to break yeah. the grip, but it wound up just knocking them both out. Yeah, and then they have the thing where they're both laying on each other, and the ref doesn't know who whose hand was where, you know, or what happened or or, or whatever. I have no idea. You know, so they did one of those. We don't know how they're going to resolve that. Probably have a rematch or whatever. Miz goes over Cesaro because he's a super baby face right now. And that's what they're elevating. But it's not in the king of the ring. He's already out of that. Uh, Becky and Bailey have a match against Bliss and Cross with Sasha Banks coming out in the middle of this match and sort of intervening at the top of the ramp. We don't really know what she's doing, but she winds up intervening later on. But this was all leading into Bailey's heel turn. Bailey actually turns heel. With Sasha Banks. And I kind of had a feeling. Going back to what I was saying a little while ago. With that promo. The way she was acting in that promo. Not only her confidence. But the fact that when they asked her. And she said that her and Sasha talked. I thought oh boy here we go. Here is the Bailey heel turn. That everybody has been waiting for. And lo and behold it happened. You know she gives a little smirk. When she has the chair. You would think at first she was going to stop her from taking out Becky. But no she was there to join in on the fun. And I'm extremely interested. To see exactly. What a heel Bailey. Is going to be like. Exactly we've never seen this before. So it's completely like. It's completely new territory now. I'm like so excited. To see exactly. I wonder, I wonder what Izzy says. What does Izzy have to say about this? Right I haven't. I follow Izzy on a couple of different. I need to keep an eye on what Izzy says. Like, you know, how do you feel that you're a hero? Okay, but anyway, check this out. This is apparently after. I'm guessing this is after the show went off the air.
touching, a hug between friends. Heel Bailey. It'll be it'll be intriguing to see what happens. That got my attention. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I really dig that. I'm glad that she had that turn. She needed that man. And it, it shows that it, it grows on her. So there is the last link of the night for anyone listening on demand. There's a tweet. It's all on social media. It's on Twitter immediately as we're doing this and it all goes on Facebook on our Facebook page later in the week. I mainly do the Twitter thing now. I've almost more or less abandoned my Facebook page aside from the actual talk brunch, uh, Facebook page, like my actual Facebook. I don't really use. So if you want to reach yeah. out to me, the best, your best bet is Twitter at this point, unless it's through the talk brunch Facebook. But I think that's a wrap. Yeah, that is a wrap and a half. That being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this entire night and enjoyed all of our wrestling news. Uh, Six Slayer and E-Mang, Willie V2, Stasis Dream, C-Room 8780, Sugar Shane 94, Assassin Scene, Jonathan Bruce, XDN, SVD7, Native Logic, Kula Ice, George Z, Charsense 316, Killer Moth, Wolfful, Animal 93, Eager Carrot 4, Nick the Goat Go, Matt Squire, Ain't Got TY, Mark 718, Max Adam Power, Ryan Tucker 14, Shin Anarchy, D Hack 1280, and Hyperactive 2699. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Punch Live, episode 337, hosted by Rick Dara, aka yours truly. Captain Brunch for myself and Dustin. We are out of here. Who stole my ketchup? Shut it down.